Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Oh, Aloha Friday finally here. It's Chris and Gary's Supersonic Radio Show right here on ESPN Honolulu. Three things you need to know. First of all, uh, we will be talking with the new athletic director for the University of Hawaii, Craig Angeles, uh, coming up in about 30 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. He was uh, officially named the athletic director yesterday. Finally, we get that answer. We get it uh, kind of going full circle with the process and everything else. So we get Craig Angelis here. Very interesting hearing his press conference yesterday. Can't wait what he's, to what he's going to tell us in about 30 minutes from now as well. Mm, okay. And uh, we got some clips from the press conference coming up momentarily. Uh, in the PGA Championship, it got delayed due to darkness. And I don't know what that was for. I mean, how could you get delayed? Maybe slow play? Maybe they had a, uh, a what a call? They got delayed over an hour in the morning because of frost on the oh, ground. Okay. So they started late yesterday. That's what caused right. the delay at the end. All right. We'll have uh, a PGA uh, championship updates coming up at, uh, at uh, 15 and 45 after the hour. Currently, Bryson DeChambeau of the Live Tour is four under. Justin Rose shot up. Uh, he's tied for uh, second with uh, Rose, Scotty Scheffler, and Corey Connors all at three under. So uh, it is uh, the 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 live tour guys. They're making it. They're making a run. Dustin Johnson uh, was tied for fifth. He's now in the top ten at minus one, um, and you got Patrick Reed uh, kind of hanging around too. So anyway, more on that. Um, Lakers gave it a shot last night, but fell short again with a steal from a LeBron James at the end of the game. Okay, what again? Did I- and what did I say before the series started? Let LeBron shoot three-pointers. Dare him to. He missed oh, 19 yeah. in a row in yeah. these playoffs. 0 for 6. Uh, 19 in a row in the fourth quarter. 19 in a row in the fourth quarter. 0 for 6 yesterday. 0 for 3 in the fourth yeah. quarter. He just can't hit a three, but he's not going to lock for taking them. He's going to keep on mm-hmm. shooting, and Denver will let him. That was one of the reasons Denver was able to come back. And, yes, Jamal Murray was another big reason. 23 points in that second half. 37 overall. What a performance he had! I was, um, I was, I was uh, curious about their starting five yesterday. Uh, they uh, took they they uh, put Sh- uh, Shooter back on the bench, and they started a taller lineup. I guess from what they were saying is, you know, because they they you know they gave up seventeen. They had seventeen less rebounds the night before, so they wanted more rebounds for the Lakers, and they started off hot. What was yeah. it five to nothing, ten to whatever it was, and then yeah, they let him back into the game pretty quickly. But at least they started off hot. Uh, Coach Ham had a kind of a different, uh, you know, he's, he's working it. He, he's they're trying, they're coming close towards, especially towards the end, but still not able to. I mean, Jamal Murray, what 
What did he score, 78 points or something? My goodness. Seemed like that, about half of that at 37. And Anthony Davis coming off the 40, shoots four for 15, missed two threes late in the fourth quarter, uh, had the pass stolen that you were talking about earlier, I think, by him 18 points, not up to standards. 14 rebounds is good, but he's shooting poorly, and we've seen that from AD every now and then, where Denver was very consistent. The Lakers were not, especially in that third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Anyway, uh, entertaining basketball. Uh, more coming up today. Uh, it's the the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, game number two. Boston and Miami. And for some reason, Boston is favored by eight and a half after losing at home. I can understand them being favored, and maybe people expect a bounce back performance, but that is kind of a lot. I, I would not count out Miami, and how could you after what they've shown, especially the other day? All right. Okay, so um, you've probably read the newspaper. Maybe you heard it on the radio. Uh, but Craig Angelis has been approved as the next Hawaii athletic director. If you missed some of the press conference, uh, we took out what we thought were a couple of, um, I don't know, questions from the media that you might be uh, interested in. And, Tanner, if you've got those ready, uh, this is the first question that he was asked by Daryl Huff from Hawaii News Now. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of a... It was kind of an in-your-face question, but let's listen back to that. There's one thing I do know that transcends all cultures, and that's kindness and respect. And I know that that is exactly what's deserved here, and that's exactly what's given here. The people are very loving here, and they will be treated with respect and kindness with me. Certainly, I know that there's so many cultural differences here. Uh, it has been a melting pot over the years, I know, for various cultures. I know people... A Hallie coming in uh, from the outside with me, for me, makes it maybe a little bit more difficult of a transition. But I do know that they're very loving people, very accepting people, uh, uh, you know, w want to embrace, embrace us. I know that I don't know everything. I know I've got a lot to learn, listen. And I think if I do that and they rec recognize that I'm humble coming into this process and willing to learn and, and, and listen and grow, uh, that I think, I, I think I'll mesh pretty well. I mean, I, you know, I, I know that it's different, but like when we were in South Florida in Miami, we had Cuba, the, the Cuban, our uh, Cuban brothers and sisters, or Central America, Mexico, uh, South American people, you know, come up and hug us, kiss us on the cheek, you know, uh, just just really embrace us, and we embrace them. Uh, certainly, you know, I've lived in Boca Raton, Florida, heavy Jewish population, you know, very much involved in the bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, you know, Passover, Seder dinners. I mean, just just being part of their culture, even in Philly with my Muslim friends and whatnot. I've, tried to really ingrain myself in a lot of those and I, but I know Hawaii is different. Hawaii is much different. But I think I'll just do my best to, to show kindness and respect and look, listen and learn. Uh, and that's and I think in, in a year I think uh, hopefully that will be manifested that that's paid off and, and I I can be accepted as part of the community. All right, so that was uh, yesterday. He 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 talked kind of faster. <laughs> he did. And maybe a little hey, I'll excited. Just, I, just, I talked kind of faster. <laughs> hey, slow down, brother. <laughs> You know, I, I, I think that he was a, maybe a little nervous, but um, he was, you know what? The main thing that you I get out of that is, look, and he gets it, look, I got to just be a good listener and, and uh, you know, and uh, be humble. The humble part, 
Yeah, the humble part, definitely. And I like the fact it seemed like not only with that answer, Chris, but many of the others, he seemed very honest, which I think you would expect and hope for, of course. But he wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything or say coach speak, so to speak, where he was just saying, hey, I don't know a lot about Aloha Stadium later on. You know, I've got to learn things. Uh, as far as getting acclimated here, he wasn't trying to paint a picture like he's got it all figured out yet. And I appreciated that from him throughout the press conference yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you can't compare. Okay, well, I've been with the Jewish community. I've been with the Muslim. Muslims, and I've been with, you know, that uh, I was glad after he said, but I know it's different here. So, okay, thank you. Good. And, you know, we, we just have to let him know. We, you know, okay, it's it's shave ice, not shaved ice, okay? You're wearing a Aloha shirt, not a Hawaiian shirt, right? Yes. So, you know what? We, we have to raise him up in the community and help him out. There's still people out there who I see in maybe uh, comments online and things like that. It's like it's like being from the mainland is like, you're the devil itself. You're not from here. Most people, in my mind, uh, don't care. It, what I'm getting at is most people like, ah, give the, shut up, give the guy a chance. But there are some people that are so upset that he's from here. Imagine not if you, here. that he's not from here. But it, but there is also a group of people too because we're talking about sports and and in the grand scheme of life, it's important. But there are some more there are other dying uh, there are more dying things going on in in the world. But with uh, Craig Angelos, it, say that he was from here, you would have a bunch of people going, "Oh, great! Hire the same old people, just hiring their friends because they had the connections." Blah 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 blah. You're, what did I say? From the very from the day that David Matlin announced his retirement, nobody, not everybody, is going to be happy with the pick. Everyone has their own opinion about what he should sound like, where he should come from, what color his skin is, and everything else. Everyone's got their own idea of who should be the athletic director. Instead of going, all right, that's who they picked. Let's support the guy because it's not about the guy. It's not about Craig Angelus. It's about University of Hawaii Athletics, isn't it still? Yes, and he mentioned that yesterday So if you're as well. fighting against him, what good are you doing in the program? You're hurting the program. I totally because you don't like him and you comment on the air because you are going to make these comments that's going to make you feel better and help the program? No. Support the guy. If he says shaved ice... You go, brother, shave ice, brah, shave ice, not the shaved ice. Brother, that's that one. You know what? You can't wear a shirt with flowers on it. If you're going to call it a Hawaiian shirt, wear a darn UH polo. And I'm surprised they didn't get him a polo. They didn't get him a polo before the press conference. Can somebody get the athletic director a polo, please? They gave him a hat right before he spoke. They gave him an Aloha shirt from Ross. <laughs> What are you guys thinking? Gosh. Oh, there's Hart. I was going to say, there's Kessel. There's Hart being negative again. You're upset about the clothing. He don't need no cheerleader. He can handle himself. (laughs) 
It's very loud at 6.13 in the morning in here, isn't it? There was somebody who put a comment on Facebook that how come we're hiring these mainland people? Even the police chief is a mainland person. What's the matter? Why don't they hire everybody local? And then somebody brought up a previous uh, head of the police department who was local where it didn't work out too well. (laughs) But that that was a response on Facebook. So... You're right about what people think. Hopefully, it isn't a very much, very much so the minority. And I hope we just move on from that part of it once he's in, once he takes a official role, official responsibilities, and starts on June 5th. And I think he will, for the most part. Like we have heard and seen very favorable comments since we heard his name a little over a week ago. So hopefully, it'll continue. Give him a chance, and you know, have confidence in the process. Mm. I want to see. Well, we got only. We have more quotes. Uh, we'll do that in a second. We do have a PGA update coming up. Okay. Um, I hope, and I don't know whose whose job this is. You know, to kind of show him around and stuff. Okay. Maybe I'll wait till he comes on. Craig Angelus is going to join us at about six thirty-five. Maybe somebody's got to. Um, somebody's got to like tell him like, like if you don't know what poi tastes like, or lomi lomi salmon and stuff like that. Dude, just if you're not into it, don't chew. Put it in your mouth, smile, and just swallow. <laughs> now, I'm part Hawaiian. I don't like poi. I don't like lomi lomi salmon. I like that. I think I know, but I think even lao lao to me it's smelly. Yeah. I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go put on my Hawaiian shirt and be quiet <laughs> with a jacket. <laughs> no, he's gonna see the governor. If, if if oh my okay okay, shave ice not shaved ice, aloha shirt not Hawaiian shirt, and you see that guy that's the governor. Don't dress like him. <laughs> Never put a blazer over an aloha shirt. Ever. I'm just I'm just we're here to help. That's all we're here for. I guess so. I guess hopefully he'll learn that. And I, I, I do wonder who's going to be showing him more so around. But, again, I, I, I think, you know, we got a good sense of him yesterday when he did speak. We'll hear more of him today and throughout the upcoming weeks. And I thought yeah. it was a positive day yesterday. I just I just hope – is Dan Meisen's all – he's with Dan. I, I hope that Dan gives him a little warning before he comes on the air. Otherwise, he's not going to be happy. All right, let's get a PGA update from Rochester, New York. Go for it. He's a new athletic director, director of athletics, executive director of athletics. I think we'll give him that title. That's a good one. I'd rather be athletic director. I mean, that sounds mid-management. Executive director of athletics. Now, that's a gig. Now, see, the thing is, we have had people with UH over the years who aren't exactly uh, on board with our type of uh, our personalities, and hopefully, it'll behoove you not to We've turn had him off. Some t- <laughs> it'll behoove you not to turn I, him I, off. I walked all over your joke. Yes. I walked all over your joke. I'm sorry. It will behoove you not to turn him off after the first interview. It, it wasn't funny the third time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you name one person at the University of Hawaii who actually likes us? David Matlin. Oh, David Matlin. He kind of he 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 put up with us. You know who likes us? I think I think Bob Coolin. I think Bob Coolin likes us. Did you hear the news about Bob Coolin today? 
Yeah, he's going to retire. Don't yeah. do that. What are you oh. retiring for? Oh. Come on, Bob. He, uh, you like us. Well, we need you. Know you. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one in our corner, Bob. You and Charlie, that's it. Oh, that Angeles guy moves in. You say, tell that guy to retire, huh? Come on, what do you got against Bob? <laughs> but you know what? The good thing if Bob Kulin retires is it gives um, Coach D a chance. Maybe she can be the next head coach. She's been an assistant for a long time. True, true. Yeah. but Okay, so when Craig Angelus comes on, we have to ask him two things. Okay, if he remembers Coach Mack, right? Because he was at Miami in 95 when they won the championship with Ray Lewis and The Rock. See, in the press conference, we found out he indirectly knows Phil Knight. Because his friend is the Oregon guy, and he and the Oregon guy knows Phil Knight, and then it, does he know The Rock from when The Rock was at Miami? That's why people will be tuning in to hear that info. Hard hitting questions. It's riveting from start to finish. I, edge of your seat entertainment coming up, folks. But uh, anyway, so from the press conference yesterday, our next question, uh, Tanner, it came from uh, Brian McGinnis. And this is the one. Is this the one at the end where they made that comment about breaking the news, or is that the, the another one? Okay. Uh, at the end, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a there's a comment made after Ad Angelus uh, responds. Let's listen to this. The hiring process that you touched on with your opening being named, and then the six day period where you couldn't say anything. Right. Right. Um, was just wondering, was that a like? anything you had been a part of previously in any of your other stops and uh, how difficult might that have been, you know, just have your name tossed out there by all of us types and not be able to respond to anything. No, that's a great question. And, and I mean, I really appreciate the process. Every state, every entity has its own process. I totally respect that. But yeah, I really, really haven't seen that in an AD position. Usually you'll interview for a position, they'll make a decision, you'll be announced and it'll be hired. Uh, here, there's that, I guess, six day open review and comment period or whatever it's referred to. Uh, and yeah, that was very difficult because you're kind of laid bare. I mean, you've got my friend right here on the front row who, who does all that research on you and tracks down every fact and uh, figure that you might have in your life. And, uh, and so you, you, you just subject yourself to be you know, laid bare. And yet you really can't say too much about it. So people can pick up on very, various entities, draw some conclusions here or there. And, and you know you, you want to be able to give some perspective on that talk about things like the leadership change at Florida Atlantic University for example you know people think well if you if you're no longer there you must have done something wrong you must have done a poor job you know uh, but but I think as Frank Brogan had mentioned when when Dan got him I mean that, that and I know you would expect me to say this but that was just wasn't the case I mean it was like when I went to that president's office and she said that I said this place has never been better I mean we just we just built a, a, a landmark three thirty thousand seat stadium uh, right here for everyone to see, got a naming opportunity that she rejected, uh, but had a naming opportunity to name the stadium. It's still not named after all these years, but all these gifts that we've gotten to, to fund it and to name various opportunities and things. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, but, but people kind of referred, you know, wanted to pick that apart like that was, you know, uh, a negative experience, but it was, it was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, it was a difficult process. And uh, before I call on the next reporter, Brian is the one who broke the story, by the way, that you got hired. So. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Didn't sound like Dan uh, Meisenthal was too thrilled about the, the breaking the story thing before uh, everybody else. By the way, Brian was the guy that broke the story. <laughs> Good answer. Excellent. Move on. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, a couple of jabs there for FAU, huh? Yeah, still not named to this day. 
Oh, I like that. I'm glad, glad that he said that, though. Again, kind of honest and open about it. You wouldn't expect maybe to hear things like that, but I'm glad he was saying that because, you know, the first thing we heard about him was that he got fired at FAU, but that wasn't really the case, and that happens at times. It was not renewed. I know, I know. Renewed. I'm just saying, but some of the oh. reports we heard initially were that he got fired, but that's not true. You know, it's a lot different than that. You just have a new president who obviously wasn't on board with him. You know, be bringing in her own people or person. So mm. wasn't as bad as some people made it sound at the beginning. All right. Do we have, maybe we have time for one more from the press conference uh, before we bring uh, Mr. Angelus uh, on the air. Folks, 808-296-1420, the number to text in. You can call, but probably best bet to just uh, text in, at least for now. It's 625. It was supposed to have a flash flood watch and all kinds of rain today. I'll keep you posted on that. We'll also have another uh, traffic update uh, momentarily here on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, before we get to our next question, I uh, wanted to let folks know, uh, I forgot to let you know, they got a big concert coming up on Wednesday called Music and Memories. It's a benefit concert for the Alzheimer's Association of Hawaii, featuring uh, Makaha Sons, uh, Kavika Kahiapo, Sista Robi, uh, Bobby Modero Jr., and Nui. Again, Wednesday, Hawaii Theater tickets at hawaiitheater.com. Our next question, and uh, I guess it's the last one towards the end of this press conference, and it's something that Dan Meisenzal, uh brought up, and uh, let's listen back to that right now. Nice to meet you. You know, this is such a pivotal time in the university's uh, history. We're looking at delays with the Aloha Stadium. We're looking at conference realignments. There's a lot of things. You're facing an uphill battle. You're coming from the outside. You know, how are you, are you really prepared for this kind of, you know, challenge? Yes. Good question. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, from the, from the athletic side, I think I'm uh, very much prepared for that. I mean, I've been involved this for for 30 years, all these different institutions. I've been a number two at probably five or six of the different institutions, been a number one for, for almost nine or 10 years. Uh, so I've been at that process uh, or been at that level and pretty much have seen everything there is to see. But again, it's a changing landscape. So you have the transfer portal, you have the NIL situation, you have the collectives. I mean, that, that you have conference realignment. Those things are, are strong and are all new. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I kind of know where uh, what to look for, kind of, you know, it's like putting a puzzle piece together or puzzle together every place you go. There's different puzzle pieces and you go in there and you say, oh, I think the puzzle piece might work here, 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 there. And I think I'm really good at putting those puzzles together. So I, I'm really confident in my abilities to run an athletic department and, and steer it in the right direction and make the necessary changes or, or keep going with things that are do going well. I, I think the cultural thing is more of a, a challenge being, being from the outside, but I think I can win my way into the hearts of these people. Uh, uh, that's my goal. I think I can. But from the athletic department standpoint, yeah, I feel really confident that uh, that we'll navigate those waters and uh, and try to do what's best for the University of Hawaii. It's an iconic brand, and I think it has a lot of potential. And I think David's taken it a long way. And my goal is to keep keep climbing that ladder and and seeing how far we can go. Dan Meisenzall sounds a little different asking <laughs> yeah, that question, a, doesn't he? Has a cold, I guess. Yeah, a, maybe his pants were a little too tight. <laughs> Uh, but Jen Boniza from KHON2 uh, with that question for him. Um, we got a little bit mixed up, but that's okay. All right, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's uh, check your traffic. By the way, it's the start of the French Open today. Oh, I wow. thought I'd mention that just to make like we know about sports and stuff. Okay, so. Um, no Rafael Nadal. Uh, 
Craig, yeah. Who's that? Craig Angelis joins us coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Back with the animals on ESPN Honolulu, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. Craig Angelis, Hawaii's new athletic director, joins us right now. And uh, Mr. Athletic Director, I hope you were warned before you came on the air. Is that the case? That is the case, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll I was warned. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, well, thank you for joining us. We hope this is the first of many appearances on our show. Uh, <laughs> we will start with Absolutely. this. I know at the press conference yesterday, you went through a little bit of the process. You saw the job advertised online, and you went through the application process. But when you know a lot about what's in, what's involved here, what attracted you to the job? What was the big appeal to applying to be the athletic director here? Well, I, I think I, uh, Hawaii is an iconic brand. I mean, I you know, as I mentioned in my press conference, I first came over here for the first time to play baseball when I was at BYU against Hawaii in Les Marikami Stadium, and it was such an iconic stadium, and, it's, you know, the fans were – tremendous etc so it really left a big impression on my life uh, at that time and so over the years i followed uh athletics a lot i've known all the athletic directors many of the athletic directors that have come and gone so i just think it's just a, a great job a great and a great location to live uh, you mentioned that you played by uh, baseball for byu one of my classmates was on your team uh 85 mark beavers oh yes absolutely he went to Puno, Ohio, I believe, didn't he? Yes, and uh, and Mar- Dr. Beavers is here on the island. Uh, you, you guys should reach out. That would be kind of fun. I need to do that. Maybe you need to text me his number because I've, I've thought about him. I, there's a number of them that were from the island, Peter Kendrick, Boy Eldridge, Mark Beavers, you know, a lot of those guys who I played with, uh, and I've wondered if they've come back to the island or not. But I guess I guess Mark is a dentist or something, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is, and he married one of my classmates. I forgot about Boy Eldridge too. That's right; he's coaching softball at Punahou. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So I'll have to reconnect. Who said I All didn't right, have back any on... ties here? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, back on track. Sorry, Gary. Go ahead. Well, I know you start June 5th, and obviously it'll take some time to get acclimated to everything going on here. But what do you expect? What are your priorities for the maybe the first couple of months? What do you hope to accomplish? You know, three, four months from now. Well, I want, to, I want to establish a strong foundation, know that I'm very accessible and very approachable. So I want to get out in those first few months and meet as many people as I can to try to plant the seeds with them of, of things we want to try to accomplish. But also football season's coming up, too. And football is, you know, the, the big economic driver for most programs. I know we've got a, a smaller stadium, though, but we, I really want to get out there and pitch football, you know, make sure that that's number one, uh, you know, priority as far as getting people out there uh, to the games. There's a lot. We have a lot of great sports uh, uh, programs here especially in the fall too but but i'd certainly want to uh, you know highlight that football program and get as much support as we can so yeah i think a couple of those things like i said get out there and meet as many people plant as lot as many seeds as i can and then also see how we can really you know sell tickets and get people out to these football games this year you mentioned yesterday it's all about competition as well what goes on here winning and losing but as far as your coaches that you will be in charge of what are the other expectations for your coaching staff well, yeah, I mean, generally it boils down to like four things for coaches. One is, you know, you got to follow the rules, you know, institutional control. You, you gotta, you gotta take care of the brand. This is Hawaii's land grant institution. So you've got to represent well. It's not your program. You're a steward of the program, but, uh, you're there to represent the university and the state in the best way possible. And second of all, 
you know, the academic pursuits. You got to make sure these individuals are are going to class, are the, are, are on track to graduate. That's a big piece of it too. Certainly, coaches have to, you know, uh, balance their budgets. You know, they've got to they've got to make sure that they're they're doing well there and 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 getting out in the community and maybe trying to raise a little money for the programs too. But especially balancing their budgets and then and then and then of course winning. I mean, I think if you do those four things, uh, you know, you run a good clean program. You bring in great student athletes. You graduate them. Uh, you know. And, and you win, uh, then I think I think that's what you're expected to do as a college coach. You mentioned coaches and their budgets, and we know you have a background, a strong background in fundraising, especially at FAU, and you would obviously intend to get started here and doing the same thing. But if the fundraising falls a little short, and we know it's been tough over the years, even though a lot of people have contributed, what other ways can you make sure the athletic program is standing, uh, standing well, doing a good job without the financial aspect of raising money? Well, I mean, speak about raising money, though, there, there's the development piece, there's the ticket sales piece, there's the corporate sponsorship piece. I mean, those are really the three uh, key elements when trying to raise money for an athletic department. But, I mean, seriously, if, you're, if, you're win- if your programs are winning uh, and you're able to pay your bills, I mean, that's, that's really where you want to be. So you want to you make sure your kids are staying out of trouble. You want to make sure they're graduating. Uh, you know, you want to you uh, spend, spend within your limits. I mean, everybody needs more money, but we'll survive with whatever we have. We can still run good, clean programs. We can still help them graduate. We can still, you know, recruit well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think money is always a big thing and people talk about it, but, but we're going to live within our means, uh, try to do better, but, uh, but also just try to run a good, clean program, uh, make a great ex- student-athlete experience for them. Uh, and I think if you do that, you know, with, with the money that we do have, we'll be fine. Craig Angelis, Hawaii's new athletic director with the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. And you mentioned, speaking of fundraising, so we're doing some, you know, we were t- talking earlier. So you were in Miami in the 90s. So so you must know The Rock, I- I'm guessing, right? Oh, yeah. You, you see, there's a, that's a phone call away. And then you indirectly, yeah, you, Dwayne, you know a guy who Dwayne knows was, Phil Knight. Yes. <laughs> Well, Dwayne, for example, Dwayne was a senior when I got there, and I know Dwayne. In fact, I have some pictures of me and Dwayne uh, that I sh- pulled out to show my kids the, uh, a few years ago, and they were very impressed that I that I knew The Rock. Now, un- unfortunately, we're not hanging out together now, but but I- I- I'm hoping he'll he'll take my call if I can get a hold of him. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, okay, so now one of our old, one of our most beloved football coaches, uh, Greg McMacken, he was at Miami yeah. when you were there as well, yeah. Coach Mack. Absolutely, I know. Gr- I know Coach Mack very well. In fact, I'm sad that he passed on. But, yeah, he was there with Dennis Erickson. I mean, those were the heydays. Uh, now, again, you probably watched the 30 for 30, the first 30 for 30 that showed uh, the uh, the chaos that took place there. And I was there during that time and had to do this major NCAA investigation where I had to fly around the country to interview all of our former NFL players at their training camps. And, and, and you know, Luke Campbell, the rap star, I mean, everybody. It was quite a – it was quite a time during that time. But, uh, yeah, McMacken was, was great there. I wish he would have done a little better here. But, uh, but yeah, he was, he was a great guy. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, in 2010, uh, I don't think we're in the Mountain West Conference without that uh, football team uh, that one year. But, anyway, uh, more local ties. I'm just bringing them out. I'm here to help. Look at that. Look at that. They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> Craig, we were curious, you know, as, I know it may be too soon to answer this, but as far as your athletic administration of a, uh, staff that you're going to have assistant AD and all that, do you anticipate bringing in any new people? Or are you going to keep the entire staff that is intact now? 
Oh, my intent is to keep the entire staff intact. I mean, there's three ways in which ADs usually come in. One is to uh, bring in their own senior staff with them. I've seen that happen. Another is to maybe just bring a couple on top of the senior staff that's already there, and I've seen that happen. And the third method is what I plan on doing, and I did at Florida Atlantic, and that is to come in and, and uh, mesh with the people that are currently there, and, and uh, they become your team, and uh, you work together. I, I've always thought just because an athletic director leaves, uh, doesn't mean that suddenly uh, his, their subordinates are no longer good at their jobs. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have families, they have lives. A lot of them have got a huge amount of institutional history. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll have a different style than David, but but I'm sure we can all get on the same page. And if we're all on the same page moving forward and they get on board, there's there's no reason I should change out. So, uh, you know, that, that's my plan going into it. I know you talked a lot about reaching out to people in the community, business leaders, the mayor, the governor. You talked about coaches and administrators. What about your message to the fans of the University of Hawaii? What would you like to say to them? Well, I'd like to say to them that this is your institution. You're the land-grant institution of Hawaii. There's only one of one division, one school. And I'd, I'd, I want them to adopt, you know, adopt us as their hometown team, whether they went to school there or not. Uh, we're the hometown team. We're the we're the only competition in town, which is great. Uh, so we need them to come out and show their support and actually fill the fill the stadiums. And I know they've done a great job in a lot of areas. So, you know, uh, I know men's volleyball and, and some others really attract a large crowd. I think I just really would like to see them get involved two ways. One, to buy a ticket and uh, to actually show up to a game. And then also if they can get involved in our annual giving program where they're, where they're you know, helping support the program, even just a nominal amount, whether it's $10, $50, $100 a year. Uh, to just be engaged in those two areas of buying a ticket and maybe getting involved in our annual fund. You know, they got the days of giving they've done in the past. Also, the brand new Rainbow Collective uh, that um, folks can get involved with and help out with uh, some of the NILs. I know that the university is not necessarily involved with that, but since you were talking about fundraising, I wanted to bring that up. We've only got about 30 seconds, but before you go, uh, it's I just we wanted to help. So um, words we, we should not hear from the athletic director is the term Hawaiian shirt. Okay, it's an Aloha shirt. I, I, I did learn that pretty quickly, yes. Okay. I've got okay. one on right now. Okay. Shave ice, not shaved ice. Shave ice. Okay. Shave ice. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and then. that one. Yeah. It's not a flip-flop. It's a slipper. Slipper. Okay, that. That is different than what I'm used to. So, yeah, I've got a lot to learn, believe me. Yeah, We are so happy to have you. We are so happy to have you here, and we're glad you came on the show. Anything we can do here at the radio station, uh, you know, give us a call. We'll be there for you. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, have a great trip back, and we can't wait to can't wait to have you start working here. Thank you. Let's get on the – let's do the show again when I get back. We'll keep going. Okay, for Thank sure. You. We'll do. Thank you. That's uh, Craig Angelis, the new athletic director for the University of Hawaii, uh, joining the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. I was going to ask him after this interview, hopefully the warning was sufficient from Dan Meisenzall, and hopefully he'll still want to come back on the show after all this. Hopefully he will. Sounded like Ah, uh, He sounds like a good sport. He yes, sounds, yeah. sounds like a smart Sounds like sounds like kind of a smart dude, you know. Uh, glad that he came on and glad he was a good sport. Yes, an impressive background. Jim, Jim Donovan never would have done that. <laughs> Sorry. You like getting people upset in the morning sometimes, don't you? Oh, I'm not upset. Not upset. Not Donovan upset. Wasn't, wasn't a big fan. That's all. <laughs> what can I tell you? All right. Uh, time for another update from the uh, uh, PGA Championship. Let's see if uh, Bryson DeChambeau 
is uh, still in the lead. Uh, it's right here on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Aloha Friday. Happy uh, Sherlock Holmes Day. Today's Sherlock Holmes Day. We celebrate the world-famous fake detective, Sherlock Holmes, today. Isn't it fake mom's, a dog mom's day, too, I believe? Fake dog mom? No, I, was, no, I was thinking you said fake detective, so I was thinking about that, but I think it's dog mom's day. Mm. You know who was else, You know who I'm related to? Uh, me, uh, Myself and Matt Apana, our, our boss, Matt Apana former uh, baseball player for University of Hawaii. We're bo- we're related to each other through marriage. Oh, really? We're related to Chang Apana, who is um, better known in the Hollywood circles as, oh, gosh. <laughs> I can tell old. you way back, huh? <laughs> oh, gosh, what's his name? Charlie Chan. The Charlie Chan was based on a real car- uh, uh, detective named Chang Apana. Who did not carry a gun? He used a whip. He carried a bull whip and walk around Hotel Street and and uh, you know fight crime. Didn't we learn and, that in our acting career doing those plays for Palama Settlement? I don't remember. Well, well we knew about that growing up. It's part oh, okay. of Hawaii history. But but I, my aunt Cecilia is one of his ex wives uh, back on the Big Island, and then Apana is because Apana and they're all related. Wow. So, you know, you know, I was just thinking of Sherlock Holmes and fake detectives like Charlie Chan, which looks nothing or acts nothing like Chang Apana. Anyway, so I was t- thinking about uh, um, uh, Craig Angelis. And I think the first person when he comes back, because he's got his kid's graduation and, and tomorrow. things to go to on the mainland. Yeah, right. Oh, tomorrow? Tomorrow's the graduation, yes. Oh, poor guy. I was probably on his way to the airport. And we... No, he's leaving tonight, he said. We'll get there tomorrow morning. Okay. But um, the first guy you talk to uh, when you get back, and maybe Dan's listening, is, is you hook him up with Rich Hill. Not because <laughs> I necessarily want to hear the athletic director say, choo-hoo, <laughs> but at the same time, Rich can go, hey, brother. This how it is. Okay, first, the shirt. Bra. We don't move feet. <laughs> we don't move feet, brah. One thing you got to know, you the athletic director, you don't move feet. <laughs> oh, that's that's the slogan they use for folks that don't know University of Hawaii baseball. When you're in the batter's box, uh, you don't move. Don't move. Don't back out. We don't move feet, brah. There's a and? sign in the dugout that says that. Yeah. Hey, we don't move feet. He's got to get with Rich Hill. Well, I imagine he would be because he's one of his coaches. So I don't think I think that'll definitely happen. Right, but I mean, he should be the first guy you get to, yeah. and then tell Bob Coolin not to retire. Make that number two. Yeah, Bob, you're not that so. old. Don't retire. What are you thinking? Come on. But I mean, great career. But yeah, seeing that in the paper today was a little surprising for Bob Coolin. We got some texts at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Let's have a Bob Coolin party. I think there yeah. should be a lot of celebrations for him before he is uh, retired. Yeah, he's got two more years, so we got if we're you know if we're still around in a couple of years, <laughs> yeah. we can throw like yeah, right, have a big party at uh, Rainbow Stadium as they rename it Bob Coolin Stadium. Yeah, and as you say, if we're still around, you mean on the air and alive. I'm, I'm assuming both. Yeah, it pretty much goes without saying, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
you, you guys, I know that we got a lot of texts and people are saying, ask the athletic director this, ask uh, Craig Angelus this. Uh, Kimo, I see your text here. It says, ask Craig Angelus how he plans to upgrade and enlarge Ching Field. Ask if there are possibilities to increase Ching Field stadium size to 20,000 plus. I don't know that that's a question that he can answer today. He just got, he's been here for 24 hours. So that's, and, and, and it's, I think it's a really good question a couple of months down the line. I really do. Me too. I agree on that, yeah. He yeah. talked about the 15,000 seats yesterday, but, I mean, what else would he say right now about that? He does know a thing or two about stadiums, so that's kind of cool. So he can look at this and go, yeah, you guys are doing a good job. Or he might be like, okay, here's, here's you know, this is what we can do to make it better. The one thing you have to be wary of, though, when he comes back to the islands and he's seen in public drinking a Dr. Pep, a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That'll be frowned upon. That'd be, oh, no, here we Dr. go Dr. Pepper is frowned upon, uh, Mr. Angelus. You know what was depressing about one of his comments yesterday? When he said, and I just, hearing it from him made it sound depressing to me, is that, oh, we're going to be playing on campus, what, a good five years or more? Yeah. <laughs> at least just he, the sound of that was At like, least he oh. knows what's going on. Yeah, He's, yeah. My gosh. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you for the text. Uh, said, oh, and take your shoes off when you enter the house. No wear the dirty shoes in the house. You don't know how those shoes been stepping on walking on dirty streets. You know what? I think mainland people, don't don't, don't mainland people take their sho- shoes off no, in the house sometimes? No, no, no. Even on the, the West mainland. Coast? Um, Look, if you're going to somebody's house and have a white carpet, we live in Dallas or something, aren't you going to take your shoes off? Actually, when I've been to a relative's house, like in Santa Barbara, I do, and they do, but they're from Hawaii as well, so maybe that's why. East Coast, nah, not at all. I think he knows to take his shoes off. Yeah. All right. And we found out he's got way more local ties than we thought. I think <laughs> that's, that's, what we go- that's what you get out of the interview, right? One of the things, yes. <laughs> Let's call Mark Beavers or Boy Eldridge and get some uh, dirt on him when he was in college. <laughs> huh? Your we'll break so. that news. Did you, did you say we're out of time, Tanner? Oh, I'm sorry. We'll be right back. ESPN Honolulu. Happy Aloha Friday, happy Sherlock Holmes Day, and happy birthday to you if you're celebrating from all of us here at ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Josh Pacheco joins us in 20 minutes. It's game day for Rainbow Baseball. Yeah, and a very important series going up at CSUN, the last uh, road trip of the season. Only one game in back of CSUN, and Hawaii playing very well last week with the sweep, hopefully improving in the standings from fifth, maybe fourth or third by the end of the weekend. All right, uh, let's see. NBA action. The Lakers fall again. A gallant fight towards the end. But uh, now the Nugs go up two to nothing. Both teams are undefeated at home in the playoffs. We'll see if LA can maintain that tomorrow. But the fact that they had the lead and did play much better, and it wasn't enough, really shows a lot. First of all, how good this Denver team is, and how the Lakers are not a consistently good team. At times, they are really good. But when Anthony Davis shoots four for fifteen, LeBron zero for six on threes, when they're playing a good team, it ain't gonna end well, and it did it yesterday. Yeah, uh, Eastern Conference Finals Game 2 goes on today on your information station, CBS 1500, at 2 o'clock, so you can tune in uh, across the way there. UH Baseball, by the way, 
uh, pregame show, 1130 this morning with Pacheco. Okay? So uh, Josh is going to join us for a pre-pregame show again in about 15 minutes here. Uh, what else is going on? Well, the PGA Championship, we'll have another update for you 11 minutes from now. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau still in the lead at four under. Justin Rose, Scotty Scheffler, and Corey Connors all at three under. Nothing's changed. I wonder if there's some kind of delay because it's been the same for like the last 30 minutes. Yeah, I have to double check on that. But I thought yesterday when we heard a little bit about the weather with the frost on the ground, the big story to me was Tom Kim. I don't know if you saw that video <laughs> or not. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, uh, the guy in the mud, uh, that was something that the announcers had a good time with. But uh, he lost his ball, couldn't find it. It was covered from his waist to his feet in mud. Got got to wash off pretty well, though. But And he never found the ball after that. That was something that I really took away from yesterday's first round. So what Gary's saying is you're looking for his ball, and he stepped in the mud, and he got mud all over his shoes and the front of his pants. Well, he got it all the way when he, when he went in to get it. It, was it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't like he was in quicksand coming out, and he was in, engulfed in mud. It was muddy. It was funny. But it was. I didn't know that he didn't find his ball. But no, then he, he went back into, in the water. To, he went, jumped in the water to wash off. I think that was pretty smart. It was, and he got basically it all off. That was surprising. With like 30 seconds, it was all washed off. But I felt bad for him, actually. But he said, hey, it's a major. Every stroke counts, and I needed to find the ball, so I give him credit yeah. for that. Did you – I don't know if you heard, but the um, the Jim Nance, total pro, he took a little jab at the live golfers. By the way, Bryson Shambos, who's in the lead, is a live golfer, and Dustin Johnson's in the top ten right now. Um, one of the golfers, I can't remember, one of the, uh, maybe it was DeChambeau or somebody, they hit the ball, and uh, it kind of went, you know, off of the fairway, and he goes, oh, the ball ends up on the CW. Pause, pause. The crosswalk. <laughs> He's taking a jab at it because Live Golf is on the CW network. They pay oh. for time to have their thing. So that was his jab. Oh, it's on the CW. The crosswalk. He's probably waiting I thought, for that. wow. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of people, you know, in the PGA putting down the Live Golf Tour. I mean, Rory McIlroy came out in purpose and said, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You know, it's as fans, you're listening. What are you going to say? All, that's why I'm rooting for Bryson DeChambeau, who looks like he's lost about 20 pounds. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's um, he's uh, he's slimmed down to have better endurance. So uh, it is. A, if you haven't seen it, it is a different looking Bryson DeChambeau. All right, we move on. What else is going on? We've got the Eastern Conference Final, Western Conference Finals, French Open starts today. Oh, a new athletic director was named yesterday for the <laughs> University of Hawaii. His name is Craig Angelis. Yeah, we uh, talked to him last hour. If you didn't hear that interview, we'll replay it right around 8.35, I believe, this morning. Uh, you know, some interesting things to say uh, for, for him to say, and I, I'm hoping he hits the ground running, and I think we should just give him time. It's going to take him time for us to see the fruits of his labor, so to speak, with getting things accomplished. I, I know some people are asking maybe what is he going to do in you know, June 5th or 6th, but don't expect so much early on. But uh, as he said, football's right around the corner. He just wants to do a lot as far as fundraising. We talked about that okay. yesterday. Talked about All that right. Uh, okay, well. so you mentioned – let me jump in here. You mentioned he said some interesting things, and then you went on to something about that. What did he say that was interesting to you? Well, I said about the fundraising as part of it. I mean, he, he what did he say? 
I'm, I'm trying to say it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to guide you in here. <laughs> He, he has experience. There's no need to recap. Just say what he wanted to what, say. What it interested you? Go ahead. Well, it interested me that he had that experience, and I and not only in fundraising and NIL, the building of the stadium, which I don't think means as much maybe as some people think here. That was an on-campus stadium with a lot of different circumstances. They had people donating money. Uh, I think I think he was talking yesterday about somebody donating a couple of million dollars for that, and they had the private partnership there, private public partnership. But they were they had people that would donate. It's different here with the companies here that all to deal with I, I i think the fact that he seems very honest and open and what i mean by that he's not trying to fool us and i'm not saying anybody would but i'll go back to todd graham's opening press conference you know he kind of said similar things that he can't wait to get started loves everything about hawaii is going to learn everything i got a better sense from craig angelus with what he said to us earlier and yesterday at the press conference than i did from todd graham at the beginning not to put him down from what he said then he said the right thing i, I got a sense that craig angelus means that he's sincere he's excited to be here i mean again this guy went after this job knowing everything that is involved okay does it bother you that he was at his job for eight months and then he applied for this job no i'll tell you why in college athletics we have seen coaches we saw Nick Rolovich leave UMass after about a week. He never even got there. In right. college and athletics, based on you character, see that. What's Nick Rolovich doing now? I don't think it's based on him leaving at that time. I think when you look at college athletics, people leave quickly if there's a better opportunity. There's been a number of coaches that have left jobs before the season starts that they just took. Now, it's not like 30 or 40 a year, but it happens okay. quickly. Maybe not the same year, but within a year or two, you get, a better, you get the job that you okay. want, which is the AD, and you'll leave. So in eight months... If a job comes up at USC and he applies for it and leaves, you're okay with that because that happens in college athletics. Well, it does. I'd, I'd accept that because it does happen. Now, okay. again, for I just the, want to make sure. I think for him, he wanted to be an athletic director again, and he yeah. got that job. So it's a promotion for him. If he went to another school, it's an even, you know, it's, it's on the same level, except there might be a lot more pay at a Power 5 school like SC, of course. Yeah. Somebody texted that, so I thought that that would uh, bring that up. Uh, and, somebody texted in that. But, again, so knowing everything that's involved and still wanting the job and knowing a little bit about Hawaii from his experiences here. He's been to Maui a few times, I think he said. And uh, I, I forgot to ask him. I guess he wasn't here for the volleyball match because Long Island University did play Hawaii back in February or late January here. And I guess we would have heard if he was here three, four months ago for that match. But that's that's kind of irrelevant. I just I got a sense that he means what he says. He's bringing enthusiasm, and again, he hasn't done anything well, yet. But what makes you what makes you think that he? And I'm just being devil's advocate yeah, sure. because because when Todd Graham came here, we said what a great speech. We we didn't we didn't say oh I don't know if he's you're what you're saying right now is what you said when Todd Graham was hired, and I think it's what I said. So I don't know that you can go. We can really go off of. It's nice to hear him and hear from him, but I don't know if you can go off from what anybody. I don't think that you can go off of whatever David Matlin said before he even started the job. Right. That that's fair. Now I, I think you got to say the right things. It was maybe a little bit of his enthusiasm. I just felt like he was more sincere. But I like another thing that he said to us when I did ask him about keeping the entire staff on. And he said, yes, he definitely plans on that. And he brought up well, examples. Well, wait, 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 but wait a minute. Wait, what he said was, <laughs> he said certain athletic directors might come in and maybe clean house, bring in their own people. Now, I mean, if he if he was thinking about that, he might say, well, I'll talk to people, I'll evaluate them. But he, he didn't say no. that. I think no. you could say that. No, I think, of course, I, I didn't think it was a very good question. 
because he what he's trying to do right now is be accepted culturally here in Hawaii. And if, as he called himself a Howley, uh, comes in and says, hey, you know what, uh, you know, I know that there's been... There's been people there for 20, 30 years. We'll evaluate if uh, they're good enough moving forward. If he looks at this, if he's talking about the on-campus stadium at CC Ching Athletics and comes in and says something like, well, I'm going to come in and evaluate this and I'll decide what to do from uh, on my end coming up. You, you can't do that. You can't come in when nobody knows you from Adam and, and say, hey, I'm going to come in here and evaluate things and, uh, and, and do it right. Because on the on the in the states, this is how we do it. I don't think you come on saying some people might not have their jobs when you haven't even been started yet. There's a different way of saying it where he wouldn't say it like that, of course. But he made it right. sound like he's keeping everybody intact, the same step. And I think there's another way of saying that. You know, we'll talk to people when I start. But I got the sense that he's going to keep the people here. He knows they can help him. That's the sense I got. I thought it was a well, very good question. No, it wasn't a very good question. It was a waste. I, oh, look, talking about Punahou every... for five minutes, that was kind of a waste. Well, we found out he has local ties, doesn't he? And it wasn't five minutes. It was, there's a local guy who played baseball with you in college here. Tie number one. Coach Mack, tie number two. He knows The Rock. He can give him a call. He's got his phone number. I'm bringing out things that people want to know. People learn something from my questions. They learn that oh, don't, don't follow uh, Mr. Chris. Angelis, are you going to fire anybody? What a had the dope you are. <laughs> he did. He said he'll, he'll, he'll take my call. I don't think he has his number. But anyway. Why would you not? Why would you think that? It's like, we, like he said, it's not like we hang around with each other. I mean, when's the last time he probably saw him? In Miami? Why would you even have any clue on uh, any knowledge of this? I don't get this. I, I don't, uh, but I, I, don't I would just this. assume. But I also yeah. think, again, that right. didn't really have much to do with his AD position. That's why I said, again, not a great question. <sighs> yeah, it was a stupid question. I was I was afraid of that. It's like, okay, here comes Dickman. <laughs> Are you going to fire anybody? That's exactly what I said, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh... Sorry, I thought the PGA update was coming up in a second here. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get an update from uh, Rochester, New York. I'm sorry, Tanner uh, gave me a heads up. I read that just this morning that Jim uh, uh, Jim Nance's comment on the CW that was actually in the Masters. Oh, good, great, thanks, God, Chris. What a stupid comment you wasted all it that time. It was a very stupid comment. You see, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay where I can say yeah. That was something stupid that well, I you're said. You're used to it, but you're but you're like, I never say anything stupid, and it's then you get, and then you get angry, and then during the break you pout and you throw your headphones, you punch a hole in your wall. People need to know what kind of person you are, Dickman. As Chris Berman used to say, there's no such thing as a stupid question. It's just stupid people that ask the question. Says the stupid person <laughs> that asked the AD if he was going to fire anybody. I was waiting for you to ask him, where are you right now? That's usually the question you start off interviews with. Well, if somebody, you know, like Josh, I would ask Josh, hey, where are you? Because I know you're on the mainland. He might be down at the, the, the neighborhood Krispy Kreme or something like that. I'm just curious what people, you know, where they are. That's a great question. Oh, man, we have to we have to take these breaks exactly on time, and that's why sometimes you get a minute of nothing on this show. Be right back on ESPN Honolulu. 
Oh, I want to remind you before we bring on uh, Josh Pacheco and get into Rainbow Baseball, uh, I want to let you know we got the really big road show coming up Wednesday at Growler, Hawaii. Uh, Bryant Moniz is going to join us, Rich Miano, Kaleo Baxter. Uh, it's going to be at Growler, Hawaii, and Kapahulu. Join us from 5 to 7. Uh, myself, Gary Dickman, Josh Pacheco, and uh, our guests, too. So join us in uh, for some great poo-poo. Happy hour is going to be going on, so you're going to love it. Uh, Wednesday again from ESPN Honolulu. Josh Pacheco joins us now. Hey, Josh, where are you? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Uh, first really of all, boring t- day, huh? Oh, yeah. So, okay, Josh, if, if you're interviewing the athletic director, it was one of the questions. When you get here, are you going to fire anybody? Did I say that? <laughs> um, Boy, how he wow. loved to change words. <laughs> You it wow. meant the same thing. Are you gonna uh, are you gonna retain the same people or yeah. you know, yeah, basically, well, yeah. You well, don't know anyone. Are you gonna fire them? Well, in defense of that question, uh, the only defense I can give of that question is that the Honolulu Star Advertiser did do a piece about that, uh, in which uh, Angelus did say he plans to retain the staff. So um, I guess it was newsworthy enough where the question was was semi fair. Thank you. So, so it wasn't an original question. Gary was just <laughs> oh, now going just... off of here's going a... off of. He couldn't think of his own question, so he's all, "What would weird yeah. ass?" Here's a better one, Josh. Okay, hey, where are you? are you? Hold on, hold on a second. What do you What do you expect the guy to say? Whether you're the star advertiser or Gary Dickman, you expect him to say, oh, some, "Some heads will probably roll, but we'll see." <laughs> I mean, I would expect to say uh, David Bantlin's got a great staff. I'm looking forward to meeting them and coming up with the best staff that I can to uh, to make Hawaii athletics and the uh, the, the community and the state proud. Is yes. that a good answer? Josh, I can't <laughs> wait till next Friday. I really can't. <laughs> Chris has given me a look like, what's next Friday? What's next Friday? Well, you'll be off, and I believe Josh will be in. Oh, if you if you think it's going to go good on Friday, just you wait. <laughs> Josh, I really feel sorry for you, man. Chris, Chris is still looking <laughs> at me. Like he can't you're figure gonna, that gonna, out. Between uh, during every break, you're going to be like, Gary, what are you thinking? First of all, the word is yesterday, not yet the day. You, you, you're going to you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to say, Gary, um, please, uh, you're drooling again. It, it, you wipe the spit off your chin. It, you, you know, it's, you know what'll be cool though. We'll actually answer the text within three hours. <laughs> because Gary relies on text for content. <laughs> Man, the how about that baseball team? We're here. The inside how about that? ball we're getting here is like yeah. <laughs> miles an hour from, uh, from hey, look, this chat. We've been, wow. We have been married for a long time. We're, we're almost allowed. In our, next week we start our 18th year. And it seems like Back 36. Here. Can it's you talk about baseball? 37 to me. Hey, you know, one thing I want to get, Josh, and I didn't realize this until I was looking at the notes uh, yesterday, Yesterday, but with all the great pitching we have, Connor Harrison's ERA of 2.33, not only is it third in the Big West, it's 14th nationally. Really impressive. It kind of sneaks up on you a little bit because uh, Connor Harrison has had really, really good stints. He's also had a, a couple of really tough moments and I and I think it's moments that stand out more than tough outings. I mean you think of the walk off walk uh against UC oh. Riverside, you think of those instances uh, against Cal State Fullerton. But yeah, you're reminded that they have been moments, they haven't necessarily been bad outings in general. And it's a, and it's also a reminder I, I think, you know, we've seen home runs go up in college baseball. We have seen 
uh, a lot of offense. That's not a, I guess it's not really a surprise the way the sport is going. And so to keep an ERA as a reliever down in that area for as much as he's pitched is, uh, is, is remarkable. It's also remarkable for a guy who's got a 65 mile an hour curveball and a fastball that tops around 85 that he still can keep hitters. Um, you know, flummoxed at the plate, so it's it's pretty impressive, um, and and I and I don't think that goes unnoticed given you know the state of Hawaii's pitching staff and however he gets used, it's in, it's in a multiple of ways that you've got someone that uh, can go in, can give you either an inning or can give you five, as he has shown here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, just really outstanding season overall. I know he's had, I mean, not every uh, appearance has been great, but overall, very good season for him. You just mentioned uh, college baseball and the home runs and run production. So Rich Hill told us yesterday on the show that CSUN is very much a hitter's park. He expects high-scoring games in the double double digits. Matt Wong and Kyson Donahue both tied for the home run lead with seven. Who do you expect to win that race, if there is a winner? Oh, man. Um, Ooh, Wow. Uh, yeah, I would love not to a very see the way question. The, I would I would love to see the way the wind blows before I make that answer. Uh, when I get to the ballpark, uh, if it's blown out mm-hmm. left to right, I'll choose Kyson. If it's mm-hmm. blown out right to left, I'll choose Matt. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. he's he's right. This is this is going to be my second time to to Matador Field, and you know, not only does it play small, but with everything during the day, um, you know, it, it plays like a hitter's ballpark every time you go there. CSUN uh, hits over 300 as a team, best batting average in the Big West. Um, and, and yeah, they, they score a bunch of runs. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, a three-and-a-half to four-hour game just because I do expect a lot of offense. Uh, but I think it will come down. I don't think it will come down to starting pitching. We'll see Harry Gustin later today. But I think it will come down to guys like Harrison Bodendorf and Alex Giroux and the aforementioned Connor Harrison. When they get in the game, can they really change the tone of the game in those, you know, you know, fifth inning on? And I think if they can do that, Hawaii gives themselves a, a very good chance. I think the other thing, too, talking about CSUN, Gary, is that, you know, we have seen Hawaii against Long Beach State. We've seen Hawaii against Cal State Fullerton. CSUN is a very good team. But I think the question that still lingers with this Hawaii team is, how good are they? For example, you lose two of three of Cal- from Cal State Fullerton, but you could have swept them. You, you sweep Long Beach State. We'll see UC Santa Barbara, um, you know, coming up next week in the uh, in the regular season finale. I don't know that there is, and, and, you know, took two or three from UC San Diego, who's a half game back of Cal State Fullerton. So I think even though there's two weeks left in the season, I think there's still a question. How good is this Hawaii team? And, and CSUN presents a really nice barometer to figure out where this Hawaii team stands and what they could potentially do here in the last six games. Josh Pacheco joining us, talking Rainbow Baseball. Is it's a race to first place? Hawaii's still in it. Uh, our pregame show starts today at eleven thirty. Eleven thirty-two to be exact, I believe. No, it's actually eleven thirty. Okay. Well, the home games will be eleven thirty-two. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned you know Hawaii. You know, some of the games trying to maybe figure out this team of their twenty-four uh, conference games, fourteen decided by one run, eight and six in those games. Have you ever seen a conference season where so many close games have occurred? You know, not not that I can recall. I mean, granted, it's only been. I mean, this is year five for me, so I'm I'm sure that there have been other seasons that have felt this close. But I think. What stands out to me is not necessarily the close games, but the kind of parity that we have seen in this conference. I think that is what I take away more more than you know the one run games or, or the close games because you have seen some really at times wild results, 
and that has led us into a position where seven teams are still in the race for the Big West Conference title with two weeks to go. Um, that's not to say that the Big West is down, because I don't think that's the case, uh, but it's to say that maybe the bottom to middle of the Big West is getting a little bit better, and that's why I think you're seeing, to your point, you know, the, the, the closer games, sometimes the surprising results, like you see Riverside taking two from Hawaii. Uh, you know, you, you've seen that a little bit more because these, this conference maybe is improving from the bottom up. The fact that they are, again, in contention for the division title, but only one game in back of CSUN, two games in back of Santa Barbara, in a way they control their own destiny as far as maybe third and fourth place, which says a lot at this stage of the season, I think. Yeah, I think it does. But I, I think you also, I think to the point that you just made earlier, there is so much uncertainty, not just between here and second place with UC San Diego, uh, but you can scoreboard watch with Cal State Fullerton, you know, like we did last week when Cal State Fullerton uh, got swept at home by UC San Diego and think that potentially anything is possible. I mean, Cal State Fullerton's got a Long Beach State team that took two of three from UC Santa Barbara. And because of that, it, it kind of makes you feel like first isn't out of the question either, just because Cal State Fullerton has uh, come in really on a, on a, on a losing streak uh, in conference play. So, I, I, and overall, I mean, they've lost six in a row. So, I mean, we talk about fifth through second because I think that's probably the most attainable. Uh, but the way Cal State Fullerton's playing first is as well. But Hawaii's got to take care of its own business. And, and you're right. I mean, you control your own destiny that far back because once you start losing, it's hard to make up that ground. There are six games left in the regular season, of course, for Hawaii, as we've stated. At this point, who would you maybe say is the most outstanding offensive player, the best hitter on this team overall? Um, I, you know, I think I would say Matt Wong, you know, he's been a little more consistent. I, I think look at his batting average at 316, you know, Kyson Donahue's got the run production numbers. Uh, you know, he's tied for the team lead in home runs. Uh, there, there was a point in time where I think he kind of got a little flat, I, I think at the plate, uh, Wong here in the last month has just surged. Um, you know, his batting average is raised probably about 40 points in the last month or so. Um, so I would I would give it to him, but it's hey, six games to go. That race is still wide, wide open. And I'll throw Jacoby Gow into that picture. Look at him now hitting mm-hmm. in the low 300s. He has been on a, on a tear at the plate over the last month. Obviously, you're big on Twitter. We all know that. I know you've seen and maybe even retweeted some of these uh, players, but there have been several players in the last month that have announced their commitment to the baseball team for next year. Your thoughts on maybe some of those players? You know, Rich Hill has kind of set it off air. Well, he's kind of set it on air, too. Um, <laughs> one area in which they're really excited about is pitching, and they feel like they have a lot of good pitching coming in. Uh, it's really hard to know just from, you know, player commitments on Twitter without seeing film. And even if you did see film, it's really hard to know what the immediate impact would be. Uh, but what I think you kind of look forward to seeing if you have that chance next year is, do you have a few more defined starting pitchers out of that right. recruiting class? We also don't really know the transfer portal and how that's going to affect things. You know, you know, you're going to, you're going to see Randy Abshire, who's a, um, you know, who's, who's kind of coming down there in eligibility. You know, Gustin's probably earned a starting spot for next year. Uh, Abshire's a senior, by the way. So you know that there is one starting spot probably already there. You would love to, like CSUN, be able to announce starting pitchers Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, as compared to kind of staffing it on a Sunday, which can sometimes be a very important game. So they're really excited about pitching. I, I can't wait to see what some of these arms look like and how they may potentially change the game, I, I think, for, uh, for Hawaii. Because, 
Um, you know, pitching, while it has been okay at times, we've also seen, well, we've seen both sides. Pitching and offense have both have their, had their ups and downs, but pitching could be a game changer. We'll see if uh, Dan Cox and that recruiting staff uh, have really kind of, you know, fit the bill of how they've talked about what's coming in. They've clinched a winning record overall. Hopefully they can clinch a winning record in conference play, and by winning a few this weekend, they will be able to do that. Looking forward to the broadcast today and all weekend long against a tough opponent in CSUN. Josh, thanks again for joining us. We'll look forward to the broadcast at 1130 this morning. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, thank you. Josh Pacheco joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, which is where you'll hear pregame coverage starting at 11.30 a.m., first pitch at 12 noon at CSUN. Josh said it could be a a three-and-a-half, four-hour game. He didn't seem very excited about that part. Rich Hill yesterday said he expects very high-scoring games this weekend. So it should be a fun series, hopefully with some wins for Hawaii. (laughs) You know what I think? I want to say one thing about the baseball team real quick, Chris. Yes, sir. You know, they don't have a Sunday starter, basically, as Josh was just talking about. And we've seen all year. They've you gone mentioned different... that, yeah. But think about what this team has done without a real third starter. 25 and 18, 14 and 10. Not incredibly great numbers, but good numbers in a tough conference with a lot of parity. And when you find yourself three games out of first place without three real starters, I think that says a lot about the rest of the team as well. Yeah. And that's all I've got to say about that. Thank you. No, that's good. All right, uh, got an update on the PGA coming up next year on ESPN Honolulu PGA Championship. Uh, time for our bulletin board, and then we'll get a traffic check. Aloha United Way. Shout out to our friend John Fink. Let's get John on the show again. Okay. <laughs> remember, remember he was on during the uh, pandemic, and he yes. had all those great um, things from his book. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, Aloha United Way connects people, resources, and organizations to positively impact every member of our community. Join AUW and change tomorrow today. You can donate, volunteer, or get this, start your own workplace campaign. Visit auw.org. This message brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy Aloha Friday. We were happy to have the new athletic director, Craig uh, DeAngelis, on the show earlier today. Angelus. And what did I say? DeAngelos? DeAngelis. Oh, I'm sorry. Los Angeles. Craig Los Angeles. <laughs> He's on a plane right now, so we can. Uh, okay, Gary, you can stop, uh, you know, you know, the whole charade. Oh, I can stop the charade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 808-296-1420. And uh, somebody texts in here, did we ever find out why Abe left uh, coaching for UH? No, we asked Coach Chang, and he just wished him, uh, you know, uh, said thank you for great service for years to the university and uh, wished him the best uh, luck in the future. So you can kind of tell what happened just by uh, a statement like that. Okay, so thank you guys for texting in. Uh, Is this from today? Animals for college history course. One group assignment was on HPD history and renewed my inter- oh and renewed my interest in Chang Apana. He passed uh, he passed with a B plus. FYI, Apana is buried at Manoa Chinese Cemetery. Thank you, Harry. 
Wow. I was mentioning how I was related by marriage to Chang Apana, who was um, the inspiration for the Charlie Chan movies uh, earlier today. That's why uh, we, we, we got that. Um, here's a text. Unfortunately, Hawaii people rally around people who commit to us. We don't want to be a stepping stone. You don't know what you get. You don't know what you get until you get it. I don't remember. Oh, that was because uh, somebody uh, texted in earlier and asked, you know, the guy applied for this job after only being at uh, LIU for eight months. Yeah. Now, if you were in Long Island, you'd try and get the heck out of there as fast as you can, too, right? Except that I tell you every day LIU is not on Long Island. It's part of New York City. It's actually part of Queens. Even worse. Even worse. That's that's part is true. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so... Um, we'll be re- in less than an hour. We'll replay that uh, interview if you missed it on the air. When people have used that term "stepping stone job" for a different coach that'll come here, is Todd Graham going to leave after a year or two? Well, he did, but not for another job. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that this again, as I said earlier, about if the athletic director would leave at any point. That's what college a- athletics is about, like it or not. Not so much like players transferring, but sort of similar, I guess. But college coaches especially leave at a moment's notice for more money. And okay. They might all right. Call all right. I, I get it, man. Job. I get it, mainland. I get it, mainland. At the University of Hawaii, have we ever had an athletic director leave for another job? All of our athletic directors have retired or gotten fired. I think well, that's what the mentality of the local people are. So along with getting an education on being local, uh, with Craig Angelus, I think Gary Dickman needs a little well, refresher course. I, I think you need a refresher course and understand what I'm talking about. I was talking about coaches and athletic directors, especially coaches. If you, The person brought it up about an athletic director, but look at coaches. Now, it doesn't matter if we've had people up coaches do that here in the past but it happens all over and i mean guys like dave aranda the head coach now now he didn't leave hawaii on his own but coaches leave all look at all the basketball coaches the assistant coaches that have left chris gerlison is now a head coach at san francisco you know was it a step those are assistant job? coaches I, don't know. There, I think there's a big difference between an assistant basketball coach and the head of the department, don't you? Not really. Not as far as using it as oh. a stepping stone job. No. If you can get a better job, no, no, people no. Do Nobody that. ever said. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying what people are thinking here. Uh, here's the, the next text regarding the new AD, Chris. Commend you for telling it like it is, Gary. Why do you have a difficult time speaking the truth? <laughs> to get interviews with this guy in the future, you never say it like it is. Until they're gone. You made the same type of comments about Graham. Now that he's gone and no interviews to get, you can speak the truth. Come on, Gary. Hmm. There's a lot of truth to that, except I think I said more about Graham when I found out more. That was true as far as it being allegations in the beginning of all that controversial time when people were bringing things up. I didn't, I didn't believe a lot of what fans were saying because I didn't think there was enough proof or evidence that it might have been just sour grapes. Once you realize, especially from the Senate hearings, a lot of that probably was true, then I took a oh, different great. stance. You're all about Donna Mercado Kim now. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. You got sucked in. I just want Donovan Dela Cruz to like me. Uh, last one here. And you're the one who said, Chris, you don't read the text, so I'm just going to read them. <laughs> Chris is right. Gary needs to be educated. Thank you very much. You wrote You wanted one. the text? <laughs> you got the text. 
I think that made your day, didn't it? Yeah, two in a row. It was awesome. <laughs> it's a record. Oh, here's one. Yay, Gary, give him. Uh, yeah. It says give him. They meant to say give him. Give him. Hey, Gary, give him, Gary, give him. Oh, that's what we should have taught uh, Mr. De- uh, Mr. DeAngelis. I'm never going to get there. Mr. Angelis, can you just change the spelling of your name, please? <sighs> hey, give him, brah. Okay. I don't have time to get into the photos that University of Hawaii sent out. You're not happy with those either? Yeah, not real happy with those photos. Um, and I'm the one who needs help, huh? Coming up next, uh, what we shouldn't do with the new athletic director. All right, we got an update. Go for it. All right, 808-296-1420. Got a text here. It says, yo, Gary, give him. Why don't you lead the show? Chris is tiring. <laughs> he won't let me. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, okay, I will lead, and I get about 15 seconds from now, I will be cut off. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead and lead. I won't cut you off. Well, I, I like hearing what the listeners are reacting to as far as hearing Craig Angelis yesterday and earlier on the show. And again, we'll replay that in about 40 minutes from now. Again, one of the things that you and I definitely agree on, I think most people will or should think about the situation, is give them time. Don't say on June 23rd, how come we haven't done anything with a new stadium yet? The guy's been on, <laughs> on the job for three weeks. There'll be people that'll probably feel that way. I, I like, again, one of the things I do like about Craig Angelis before ever talking to him or hearing from him is his background that experience so a lot of the talk early on from the listeners or uh fans was he has to have local ties local connections most important hire i agree with the most important hire part to me in any of these positions it shouldn't matter where they are from as opposed to what they can do and with his qualifications i feel like he is the right person for the job without knowing who the other finalists were without even to me caring where he's from and some people might say well you're not from here that's why you feel that way that has nothing to do with it i i, I mean i think that way about recruits coming in whether it's local players staying or leaving everybody has their own opportunity and decisions to make but with an athletic director and it was an important decision again i'll say this as i've said a few times i trust the people in charge to know what they're doing in this they've got more experience in this the committee did eight interviews we heard of the 60 applicants or so they did recommend more than yes that's what um i think stephen syed reported Mm. so they, they got it down to three to five names, according to the article, and David Lasner recommended just that one. Now, some people might have a problem with the process, and there was some talk about that yesterday. Even the Board of Regents uh, had a little bit of a problem with the process. They weren't allowed to interview him. They had six days of not even technically being able to communicate the board of with each regents other. Had a pro- the Board of Regents had a problem with the process? Oh, oh yeah. Not, you, I guess you didn't hear that part. Yesterday. No, I didn't. Yeah, there was a few of them talking about that, and I believe part of that is mentioned in today's paper in the front page as well. But, but don't, I, they, I, don't they come up with the policy? Well, they don't. They, I don't think they're in charge of the Sunshine Law. About The, the Sunshine Law, I know, says you have to um, put the agenda and have six days before you actually have the meeting, put the agenda out there. But they weren't the fact that they weren't allowed to talk with each other or interview anybody, uh, that's part well, of what you the can, process But that's – okay, that's law. That's ne- It's always been the same. But it's the you process. Cannot ha- Listen, you cannot have – if I'm at a party and I'm on the Board of Regents and I see Bob from the Board of Regents, I can go over and talk to him. Now, if Bob is talking to Jerry, who's also in the Board of Regents, I can't walk over there and talk to him because a meeting of three 
would be considered a Board of Regents meeting. You're not allowed to do that. That's that's another part of this this whole thing that you don't understand. But go ahead and lead anyway. Well, Craig Angela, Craig Angela said yesterday he's never had a process just like I'm this. I'm just but he giving said you every, a hard time. Okay, that's fine. Go that's ahead. fine. But every he said every school is a different process, so that's understandable. He just yeah. you know went with, went with the process that was dealt to him on his Actually, end. Actually, what he said was every school has a different process, but whoo, this one's different. <laughs> he didn't say that. He kind of might have meant that, but for the border, the border regents to say that, and even David Laster, when he spoke near the end, was saying something. I wish I would have maybe handled that part to explain it more thoroughly. I'm paraphrasing a little bit to the board of regents about what they were allowed to do and not able to do, uh, but they knew the name, and that was really it. Uh, I can understand people having a little bit of a problem with that, and like you said, it's the law. It's not well, that the board of regents can change it, but maybe somebody else should or could. Okay, so they see the name six days in advance. Seven, if they if they follow Brian McInnes on social media, right? They, they they have plenty of time to do their research. How can they say they just knew the name? Well, they want. Well, I mean, no. we all looked online and Googled him right away. But th- I think they would have liked an opportunity to talk to him, to interview him. That's part but that's of it. not they, the process. But but I know that's that's the problem. Oh. It's the process that's the problem. It's not like you know they didn't do anything wrong. Just that they wish the process might have been different. Okay, so is that why it, there was a robust, I'm using finger quotes, a robust discussion? One person abstained and two uh, voted no? I don't know if that's why, but it didn't, didn't help in that situation, I guess. I'm not sure why the vote went, it, went the way it did. A couple of the Board of Regents were quoted today um, talking about it. One person said, I wouldn't know Craig Angelos if he was right in front of me or something like that. But I think they wanted to have more insight as far as the person mainly talking about you said they could have googled him and looked him up i'm sure they did yeah i understand what you're saying but uh, i mean that's the law what do you you know what do you change the law is, is what people i think might want even the board oh, of no change the law makers don't get me started okay okay i'll go there I agree you don't even part. know what influence that came from lawmakers involved in this well tell us it's time to take a break we'll be right back on espn <laughs> honolulu Here's what you need to know today with the sports animals on this Aloha Friday. Well, first of all, Hawaii has a new athletic director. Officially, his name is Craig Angelus. And he will start on Monday, June 5th. Interesting hearing from him earlier in the show. We'll replay that about 30 minutes from now. And nothing, you know, earth-shaking, nothing um, revealing that maybe you would be surprised that he said. But I think he's saying the right things. I think he's being positive. Hopefully the reaction from everybody will be positive as well. And let's give him some time. But I'm glad uh, he's our new athletic director and it's official. All right. Uh, it's game day for Rainbow Baseball. 1130 pregame show here on ESPN Honolulu. Should be a high-scoring series is what we've heard from Rich Hill and Josh Pacheco going up against a team that is one game ahead of Hawaii in first place. So you get a sweep, you already passed them up, and Santa Barbara's right ahead of them, our opponent next week. All right, speaking of sweeps, you think the Nuggets will sweep the Lakers? They're up two to nothing. No, I think the Lakers will win tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be the home team winning every game, but the Lakers aren't going to get swept. Remember, I mean, the first game they were fairly close, down by three, less than a minute left. Yesterday they were down by three or four with about a minute or so left. They were close both times. Okay, 808-296-1420. You can text in. Um, again, uh, like Gary said, in about 30 minutes we'll replay our interview with Craig Angeles. Coming up, 
Bob Herrig uh, is going to join us in about uh, 17 minutes, of course, because the uh, 2023 PGA Championship is going on right now, and uh, we'll have updates uh, coming up momentarily too. So don't look now. Scotty Scheffler at five under and in sole place of uh, sole first place. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is at four under. Then you got Corey Connors and a move up from Victor Hovland. They're tied for uh, third at three under. Uh, Keegan Bradley's making a push back to the top again. And there's some guys that, oh, my gosh, what happened to some of these guys? Patrick Cantley was uh, in the top five earlier. Now he's tied for 17th at plus one. This is a brutal, brutal golf course. This is a fun watch. This is a fun watch. And what about John Rahm yesterday? Not a good first round for him. He's 11 strokes off the pace at plus three. Uh, he missed uh, I mean, uh, He missed three foot three three foot putts, and he said that really cost him yesterday. But he's looking to get his career grand slam. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. 808-296-1420. Oh, let's do this. If you missed some of the press conference, we picked out a couple of we picked out a couple of nugs from the press conference that we thought you might want to hear. And one of them is, let's start at the very end. At the very end of the press conference, I think Dan Meisenzall asked a pretty good question. Let's uh, hit that, Tanner. What kind of possibilities do you see for UH Athletics, given that you know you, you haven't even started yet? Yeah, and I could get in trouble with that because I may not know all the facts around that. But I think, I think for an athletic director, you want to have great facilities, like first-class facilities. And I think when we bring on that Aloha Stadium, that, that'll cap off wonderful facilities. In the meantime, we'll try to get them going the best we can and get the first-class facilities, first-class coaches, uh, you know, first-class team, uh, first-class teams that are winning. Uh, and I think they're doing that already. So, uh, you know, people will talk about conference affiliation. Are we in the right position for conference affiliation? People have talked about big, the Pac-12. Is that a possibility for the University of Hawaii, like people are talking about with San Diego State or, you know, or, or some of those other schools and not knowing what's going to happen with conference expansion? Where does that leave us? So, uh, I, I just think we have to be ready for anything, but the way to be ready is to, to, to have great facilities, great coaches, win, run, do it the right way, uh, and, then, then, and then be ready for any opportunities that might come our way. You know, one thing I heard uh, him say a couple of times in answering questions is doing it the right way. I think he said that when he was on with us earlier today. Yes. Doing it the right way, doing it the right way. And the, the, the one thing in – if you would say in David Matlin's legacy is David Matlin in, in my eyes at least did it the right way right I mean the, the, I, I, <laughs> this is coming from Craig Angelus now he was at Miami when they weren't doing it the right way but they you know I mean that with all the boosters and all of that you saw the 30 for 30 and I think he mentions it too yeah so I mean he knows what the wrong way is. So he's very much into doing it the right way. I should emphasize it wasn't Craig Angelus at Miami that was doing it the wrong way. It was the boosters and the players and things like that. Right, and he handled part of that with the NCAA, a lot of that, actually. And, you know, one of the things he said about doing it the right way was when I asked him about coaches, the expectations. And, you know, that was the first thing he said. There's four things, and the first thing he said was doing things the right way. I'm glad, I mean, again, it's the right thing to say, but, you know, you, you see other – universities that have done things where and Miami's still an example what look what they're doing with the NIL and attracting athletes just this last year for for men and women's basketball there was um that's a, that's a good thing what's wrong with that 
Well, some of it was deemed where they were just getting so much money, and it, it might not have been legal with some of the ways they were going about it with the one booster. I think it was just the one booster. That was before the collective, no, though. That right. was something separate no, no. than the collective. When they, they got those, those twins, the Cavender twins, and there was a, a couple of basketball players. Isaiah Wong might have been one of those. There was a couple of others with the money they were giving him where I think they were still – they might have been getting investigated by the NCAA for that. I'm not sure if it was that. That wasn't the collective, though. That was just the booster giving them money. Yeah. There's, yeah, okay. there's okay. a difference. They're doing their, they're the ones that came up with, I believe, the whole collective thing. And now, and that translates into now the Rainbow Collective from Mike Kawazoi. Uh, ra- is it rainbownil. I forget Com. the website. I think it's oh, rainbownil.com and it's the Rainbow Collective. All right, rainbownil.com. If you don't know what that is, it's how you can give uh, to the student athletes. Uh, but I mean, I like, I like to, you know, this is something that we've never had this kind of thinking before. And I think it's good thinking. And I think that we should all support the Rainbow Collective because it will, it it will give, it will make sure the the student athletes we have stay because we know guys like Beyon Riley left because he left for more money. I mean, he came out on his Twitter thingy and said, Hey, I got to be paid or whatever he said. You got, you got to pay. I think you got to pay. So, yeah. okay, well, everybody good. Everybody got to pay, something like that, yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, I think that, that um, we're in the right direction as far as athletics with the community around um, athletics. But anyway, so if you haven't seen it yet or heard about it, go to uh, rainbownil.com. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Something else that Craig Angela said yesterday at the press conference was that in the last six days he has sent either text or phone calls to a lot of business leaders here, which I found interesting because he didn't have the job officially yet. He said he's reached out to the mayor and the governor as well. Uh, and again, for somebody who wasn't even hired yet, I thought that was a way of getting a head start. I'd like to know what their reaction was. I'm not sure there was much he would say on that yet. But the fact that he was already reaching out to people in the business community and politicians. Well, he, right. Well, he's smart. You have yeah. to. You know, there's a reason. I, I, I mean, I would, I would think that there's a reason that politicians are invited. And I'm not going to mention any names. But there's reason politicians are invited to the Brotherhood Grinds. There's a reason, as the athletic director, you have to reach out to these politicians. Because if you don't, I don't want to be you. You, 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 He's got to go kiss the rings. And and, and you know what? To do it before he's even started, smart dude. Or he was advised very smartly. Yeah, I, I just think that's, I mean, I, I wouldn't have expected that, again, because you weren't officially hired. I guess people were pretty confident he would get approved, and of course he did, but I found that part interesting. I, I, I would love to ask, I wouldn't do that on the air, but if he's uh, reached out or ever heard the name Donna Mercado Kim. Why would you ask something like that? I, I'm, that I, would be pretty stupid, actually. Well, that's if you're why trying I didn't to be funny, it. it would be pretty, it's pretty stupid that you even said that just now. What is it? Let's go back to the uh, press conference yesterday. If you can find uh, Jen Boniza from KHON2, uh, Tanner, if you can find her, I thought she had a pretty good question. Jen's a little shy. She's around here somewhere. 
Hi, Jen Bonisa, K. Nice to meet you. You know, this is such a pivotal time in the university's uh, history. We're looking at delays with the Aloha Stadium. We're looking at conference realignments. There's a lot of things. You're facing an uphill battle. You're coming from the outside. You know, how are you, are you really prepared for this kind of, you know, challenge? Yes. Good question. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, from the, from the athletic side, I think I'm uh, very much prepared for that. I mean, I've been involved this for, for 30 years, all these different institutions. I've been a number two at probably five or six of the different institutions, been a number one for, for almost nine or 10 years. Uh, so I've been at that process uh, or been at that level and pretty much have seen everything there is to see. But again, it's a changing landscape. So you have the transfer portal, you have the NIL situation, you have the collectives. I mean, that, that you have conference realignment. Those things are, are strong and are all new. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of know where, uh, what to look for, kind of, you know, it's like putting a puzzle piece together, or a puzzle together every place you go, there's different puzzle pieces, and you go in there and you say, oh, I think the puzzle piece might work here, 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 there, and I think I'm really good at putting those puzzles together. So I, I'm really confident in my abilities to run an athletic department and, and steer it in the right direction and make the necessary changes or, or keep going with things that are going well. I, I think the cultural thing is more of a, a challenge, being, being from the outside, but I think I can win my way into the hearts of these people. Uh, uh, that's my goal. I think I can. But from the athletic department standpoint, yeah, I feel really confident that uh, that we'll navigate those waters and, uh, and and try to do what's best for the University of Hawaii. It's an iconic brand, and I think it has a lot of potential. And I think David's taken it a long way. And my goal is to keep keep climbing that ladder and and seeing how far we can go. I don't know where he mentioned it, but he mentioned what a lot of people do: taking advantage of Asia, maybe a, you know do some marketing in Asia and Australia. I think that it would uh, he would benefited more uh in answering jen's question with um our community instead of these people uh but again i'm not going to judge the guy on a, a couple of words here and there it's interesting that the one of the biggest um objections that anyone that anyone has had including people who you hear on the radio station here about him being from the mainland when june jones was you know he's got Hawaii ties. He played at the University of Hawaii, and so I guess he's got Hawaii ties. But when Todd Graham was hired, and I'm just using Todd because it's recent memory, when Todd Graham was hired, you no, I don't remember anyone saying, "Oh, he cannot hire a guy from the mainland." That wasn't it a part of the, anybody's conversation, was it? Oh, yes, it was. I thought there was enough people saying that. They were surprised and upset, or I should they should say disappointed, because they thought it could either be maybe a June Jones or Craig Stutzman was a very popular choice at that time. And there were a number of people either on our show or social media. Uh, Brian Smith was the name that was out there that it had to be somebody who had the local connection. And when a lot of people weren't aware of Todd Graham or when they were found out how he left a few universities, not all on his own, I think there was a decent amount of people that were not happy, at, at least at first and at the oh. end. I, I, see, I don't remember that, but I, I trust you. I, I, I trust you more than my memory. But, okay. So if you want to have local people, local people are always going to be good. I got two words for you. Norm Chow. Here's a guy that wouldn't even commit to buying a home here. So local isn't always better, is it? No, and I think some people just feel it has to be local because he's local, the person is local, without knowing if they're better qualified than another candidate. 
and I don't know who the other finalists were in this job, uh, mm-hmm. but I think when you have a background as his as Craig Angelus has, how can you argue against that with what he has done? What would be the negative about him except that he's not from here, which to me and many others like you shouldn't be a negative. But other than well, that, see, he's I don't very know. qualified. But but I don't know that he's I don't know if he's going to be a good athletic director. Nobody. I'm does. coming out and just saying, you know, I'm not saying. Oh, I heard what he said, and it, I I believe him. I don't I don't I don't believe him. I don't not believe him. He's just making statements about what he wants to do. So I don't think any of us, including you, can have a uh, people who are negative. That's one thing, right? It's like why are you being negative? You got nothing to go on. But then again, people like you who are overly positive, well, what what are you going on? What are you going off of? Going off you one of his really qualifications. Nothing, I you can't don't... judge him on this job. Yeah. Yet. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, we got another update. Uh, we do have to ask Mr. Deep Voice. Uh, Mr. Deep Voice is going to come on here in a second, and we're just wondering here. Mr. Deep Voice, who is the PGA Championship brought to you by? Back with the Sports Animals on this Aloha Friday morning. Gary Dickman and Chris Hart. We're going to talk some PGA golf right now as we are joined. Not only the author of the fascinating book that I have, and Chris does as well, Tiger and Phil, Golf's yeah. Most Fascinating Rivalry. He covers golf for Sports Illustrated. Bob Harrick back on the show. Bob, thanks for joining us. It's been a while. Are you in Rochester right now at the PGA Championship? Uh, yes, I am. And listen, if you think that book is so good, it's just it's out in – it just came out this week in paperback. You should just go and buy it again. Just just read it again. It'd be good for you. Is it Amazon? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm kidding, oh. guys. You know, but uh, no, I'm going to do no, it. No, seriously, if you right want now. to, if you want to, feel feel free. But uh, no, seriously, they did just this Tuesday. They uh, they unloaded the paperback version of the book. So I guess that's a good thing. Oh, congratulations! Do that. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah it is a great book. Thank you. Definitely great book. Well, we'll talk a little bit about yesterday, and I'll start with Tom Kim. I've never seen anything quite like that with kind of the mud bath that he took. Have you ever seen anything <laughs> quite that bizarre? People, I mean, golfers have lost uh, balls before, of course, but never covered in mud the way I saw Tom Kim last uh, last night or yesterday afternoon. That was pretty wild. That was pretty wild, and I think the fact that he actually went back in <laughs> to the water to sort of rinse off, like he was so muddy, and then he went back in. He was like, okay, what the hell? I better just go ahead and get this mud off of me. And he obviously had three more holes to play uh, uh, after that hole where he bogeyed, and then he made, made three pars coming in. I mean, it was kind of impressive. Uh, and then what was really funny is afterward is he, he didn't want to talk about it because he didn't want to call attention to it. And then he realized the whole world knew about it anyway, and then he just sort of gave in and had a good time with it. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre, that's for sure. We know yesterday that the the first round was delayed a little bit because of frost on the ground. I mean, it's kind of weird to see that. It is mid-May, but it is way upstate New York. What about the weather conditions today? And I understand maybe rain is on the forecast for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, today is much nicer. Um, You know, the, the, the temperature right now is like in the mid to high 70s. So it's turned out to be nice, but we're, we're, we're looking like we might get some rain here pretty soon, um, uh, at least a little bit. And then, and then tomorrow, the forecast is like 90, 90%, um, uh, depending on the time of day, you know. So 
and only a high of 64 tomorrow. So it's going to cool off, and then we got the chance for rain. Um, it's supposed to be fine Sunday. So it all depends on, you know, how much can they play and how much water can the course take. Um, certainly guys can play golf in the rain. It happens a lot. But it's more about the course. They don't want to have standing water. So we'll have to see. We had a lot of rain issues at the Masters. We're still right. hoping we don't have that again. Right, I'm just thinking about that. We're talking PGA Golf. Bob Harrick from Sports Illustrated is our guest here on ESPN Honolulu. A lot has been made about John Rahm trying to get the career slam, uh, and I know he had a really tough first round yesterday, 6 over 76, 11 shots out of the lead. Were you surprised with his first round? Yeah, I sort of was. I mean, he's played so well for so long, uh, really for six months. And, um, you know, his worst tournament was like 30th. You know, I think he had one or two, you know, events that were outside of the top 10 or three maybe, you know. And uh, it's, it's been, you know, wins in top fives. So, um, yeah, it's surprising. Uh, but it doesn't take that much to be off. You know, you can miss a couple fairways here and you're going to be making bogeys. And, and, uh, and you know, we've seen, you know, that, uh, Bryson is just getting started with the second round now, and uh, it, it took almost until now for somebody to catch him and go ahead of him. Scotty Scheffler got to five under finally. I mean, it's it's not like it's yielding a lot of low scores. Yeah, definitely. In so fact, the, the the you know what's crazy is 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 the cut lines projected at plus five. This is a really hard course. Yeah, I mean, it could go to plus six. You know, it's not it's not fully decided yet the wind's up a little right now and and uh uh supposed to get a little bit more breezy the course is just tough the greens are really firm i don't know if you've watched any i've you know you see some of these guys hit a drive down the fairway it bounces 10 15 feet in the air i mean that tells you how hard it is because you know how do you control that uh you know you could hit one on the edge of the fairway and i think you had a good shot it's going to bounce into the rough so uh you know it's a it's a tough track this week, and uh, but that's you know that's sort of how it is at majors, how it should be. Yeah, you know, there's one of the I don't remember what hole it was, but one of them is it's like you, the th- you're on your second shot, you do not want to land on the green because if you do, it's going to roll 50 yards past. It's like it, you got to roll it up, or it, it's like the flag is on the top of a little mountain. It's just it's just looks it looks really frustrating for the guys, but you know you know I know what they're going through. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is. There's no doubt. It's a tough track, and and uh, and and it tests your patience. And that's the whole. I think that's the whole point of a major. You know, it's not meant to be easy, and uh, you better take advantage of your opportunities. You know, when you have it in the fairway, you know, you, you're trying to hope that you hit it on the green somewhere, and that gives you a, a decent chance at a birdie because there's just not going to be that many. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler right now uh, in the lead at five under. Victor Hovland's moved up. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, those two are at four under. And um, the speaking of Bryson DeChambeau, you're there. Have you seen him? I know that he's lost a bunch of weight. It, I mean, it doesn't look totally dra- uh, drastic on uh, on the stream I'm watching, but what does it look like in person, Bob? Yeah, listen, he looks good. He had gotten yeah. real bulky and thick. And, and, you know, he's said he had lost, what, 20-some pounds, and yet he still weighs 215. Uh, you know, that's, you know he, he got up to around 240. 
And wow. and uh, I, I think he realized that that wasn't good for him. He also, you know, to, to get there, 5,000 calories a day, um, you know, as poorly as I eat, I don't think I ingest 5,000 <laughs> calories a day. And so, you know, he was doing that on purpose. Uh, and it's just, it's just, you know, it, it wasn't, I, you know, it was causing, it was causing problems. And uh, he, he, uh, he was smart to recognize it and, and to try to figure it out. And the thing is, is, he still hasn't really lost any distance. All that, all that power that he gained through the weight gain and training, fast twitch, fast twitch muscles are still there. And so he's getting out there, you know. So that, that was the benefit he was looking for. And now if you're going to be healthy... Um, in terms of your eating, that means you know your you, you probably your outlook is going to be better mentally. You're going to be you're not going to be so tired. You're going to feel better. So um, it's uh you know look it was one round. He admitted that it's only one round, but it was kind of nice to see. You know, Bryson's a great character. He's a great character in the game, and and uh, you know we're not getting to see him as much now because he's part of Live. Uh, and, and you know these guys don't all play together, but we do this week, and it's good for him if he can hang in there. Yeah, you know the when you 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 watch him and you you know because he's always tinkering like he's the mad scientist with clubs and things, but now he's tinkering you know with the body weight and all of that. I guess it was if you're if you're you have to have if you're eating five thousand calories a day, I mean it's pretty easy to lose that because it's all just going to come off by you know by eating your three thousand calories a day or whatever it is. But I just thought of something, Bob. If he didn't become the living Hulk that he was, I don't think he gets as much money from the live tour as he got. It's possible. That's po- very possible. A good point, you know. Uh, but yet, even so, he had won the U.S. Open. He was a polarizing mm. figure, either way you look at it. Mm. And uh, so it's possible he might not have. Uh, but, it's, you know, um, I think he recognized it ultimately wasn't helping him much. What would it mean if a live golfer does win the PGA Championship? If you go back to the it. Masters and Brooks Kepka had a chance after the first couple of rounds, at least. It, it just would it just would sort of, I think, affirm that, you know, they're still good golfers, you know. Despite all the drama and controversy, they still have a lot of very good players. And, you know, uh, that that has been sort of lost in this. They're, they're going down this road of, of – uh, you know, mocking live players, or they only, they only play 54 holes and shotgun starts. And you know what? You're an elite golfer. You're an elite golfer. And uh, uh, I think you know this is kind of two tournaments in a row now where they're where they're showing that, and that's good. That's good for live, and that's good for these guys. You know, I mean, look, they they have some players over there that aren't, but so does the PGA Tour. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so. Um, and what's nice too is like all the questions of Bryson yesterday were just about him and golf. It wasn't about live, and uh, makes it makes it interesting if that can end up being that way. Mm, that's great, folks. the The book is called Tiger and Phil: Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. You can get two dollars off at Amazon.com right now. Bob will continue to follow your work at Sports Illustrated too. Thanks so much, and we look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thanks, guys. Be well. Thanks, Bob. All right. There it is. Yep. Uh, hardcover's on sale, too. Hardcover, actually, right now at Amazon is uh, cheaper than the paperback. Wow. Uh, you can get a, um, you know, if you have Amazon Prime and you order stuff, I guess you get a lot of the free audiobook credits 
because if you do, you, you might even be able to get that for free if you get the audio book. On Kindle, just twelve ninety nine. I, I started reading it because I downloaded it, and then um, I don't know what, I can't find it on my computer anymore. <laughs> I, have, I haven't finished it yet, but it's right here. But I've read it a lot right. of it on Plane Ride, and it is a really, really good book. The inside and the background information, especially the beginning of their rivalry, is really fascinating. He does a great job. It goes really, I mean, this decade-long uh, rivalry, it yeah. goes really in-depth. Uh, uh goes very much in-depth. All right, we'll have an update uh, coming up in less than 15 minutes on uh, 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 out from uh, Oak Hill. Are we at Oak Hill? That's yes. where we are? Yes. Yeah, Oak Hill Country Club in in Rochester. Do you say Rochester or Rochester? No, it's Rochester. It's way upstate. It's not, it's not too far from Syracuse. So it's closer to Canada than it is, let's say, to New York City. Western New York is what we would Western say. Western New York, but it's still way upstate, way upstate. Like another okay. country for New Yorkers. It's near Buffalo and Syracuse. Closer to Syracuse, I believe, than Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, is more in the eastern part. But, mm. it's again, it's like an eight, nine-hour drive from New York City. So, it's, again, it's closer to Canada. All right. So, the uh, anyway, yeah, so we'll have an update coming up here. On ESPN, Honolulu. I would love to see a. I would love to see a live golfer do it, because I think people are mellowing. I mean, the fans they love Mickelson, they love Bryson DeChambeau, they love Brooksy, they love these guys. It's just the other golfers that have had such a hard time, you know, and announcers, you know, ruining the sport. I don't know. I don't think the sport has been ruined. Have you? No, not now. And that's one thing I was thinking of as well. You look at a year ago when there was a lot of people protesting, not only the protesters with the Saudis involved, but fans, media, golfers, of course. I think it's like anything else in sports. After changes are made, we don't like them necessarily at first. We get used to all of them, whether it's baseball or the new rules and extra innings, whether it's college athletics and the NIL. Don't say we. I'm sorry, but don't say we. I love all the new things about uh, well, uh, about baseball. I think it made baseball more watchable. You like the runner on second in the tenth. Yes, well, I'm a softball guy. That's a softball rule. Okay, okay. But you know my point. I, like is that I think after time we get used to all these changes and it becomes business as usual. With live again a year later, it's not nearly as negative as it was a year ago. Mm. I think that's a good thing just for the sport. All right, this is a, uh, this golf course, though, Oak Hill, it, it is really hard. So, as we mentioned earlier, projective cut, uh, projected cut is at uh, plus five. Uh, Bob says could be plus six. So right now, if you're plus six, you're kind of on the cut line. And that's uh, Ricky Fowler, who's been doing great lately, but uh, this is tough. You're going to hear names like, oh, uh, um, Christian Bazudenhout. Uh, I got a chance to see him. He was at the, I believe he was at the Sony. Uh, Siwoo Kim, who John comes Rom. out to the Sony, Ricky Fowler, uh, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I believe Joaquin is a live tour golfer now. Uh, former major winner Matt Fitzpatrick is on here. Jason Day, who just won last week, is plus six. Cooch, Matt Coocher, plus seven. Francesco Molinari, plus seven. Kevin Kisner is seven over. Tom Kim, who fell in the mud, eight over par. Man. John Rahm, as we said, plus six going into today's action. Oh, I missed John Rahm on that. Anyway, uh, so it's a, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know what? It's fun to watch. Watch this because the course is so hard. It's fun. It's different. Now, if this was like golf every week was like this, it wouldn't be fun to watch because you like the scoring. You like the birdies and eagles and things like that. And it's just like with, um, what do they call it? match play golf. 
match play golf, I wouldn't want to see that all the time. But a couple of times a year, it's really fun to watch. Super, super hard courses where guys can't score, that's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> but not every week. Otherwise, you can just go watch your friends down at the Alawai. Isn't that one of the highest cut lines for a major you've seen in a long time, though? I, I, I don't pay that close attention to that, but, yeah, it looks really high. Anyway, you know what? we got to get a uh, traffic update here on ESPN Honolulu. Want to let you know about a concert coming up this Wednesday. This Wednesday, it is Music and Memories. Uh, it's a benefit for the Alzheimer's Association of Hawaii. Hey, when's the last time you went to a concert with a lineup like this? Got the Makaha Sons, Roby Kahakalau, Bobby Madero Jr. is going to be there, Kavika Kahiapo, the group New Way, too. It's all Wednesday, Hawaii Theater, tickets at hawaiitheater.com. It's for a good cause, so check it out, won't ya? We'll talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs once again. I'll start again with Lakers and Denver. As oh, I said. I'm sorry. Real quick. Well, you've been promising that you would replay the Craig Angelus interview all morning long. Could I bring up why we're not playing it? No, okay. go ahead and talk about the NBA. Go no, ahead. go ahead. But, I mean, you told me to go ahead, and then I start, and then you forgot. Well, I thought it. you would re- tell some, the audience of the news. No, you did. You forgot, to. No, I didn't. Okay, because Gary made a mistake somehow earlier, <laughs> we can't. We can't. No, seriously, we can't. Uh, we don't have time to replay the uh, Craig Angelus uh, uh, interview, but uh, we'll have it on our on-demand section at ESPNHonolulu.com. If you missed it, it was early this morning. Uh, the athletic director was on with us, and um, we, when we here's the the big takeaway you're going to get from that is that he has more local ties than you would have thought. One of the takeaways, yes. So definitely check that out. So just getting back to the NBA for a second, if I may. Before the series, and I did say this, if you were listening, and I'm not sure if you were, uh, I did say that I would let LeBron James shoot threes, dare him to shoot threes. He's shooting only 26%. I didn't realize how many in a row he had missed at that time, but I think that was one of the strategies for Denver. You Let him beat you Let him beat you on the threes, but don't let him beat you in the paint because that's one thing you really have a harder time stopping, and he's so strong at that. He's not a great three-point shooter. Coming into the uh, final of the Western Conference, only shooting 26%, and that's exactly what Denver did, especially in game two, was let him shoot three. They left him open, and we saw how it worked out. 0 for 6 on the game, 0 for 3 in the fourth quarter yesterday. I've said this actually for months, and I'm not a LeBron hater, but I do, I, I am critical of him, maybe more than some people would like, but I've said this over the years, sometimes more often than I would think he should, takes ill-advised threes. He did, it in the, he did it in the Golden State Series a couple of times, too. There's no reason to do that, and he did that in Game 1 as well near the end of the game. You don't need a three early in the shot clock at times, and I know he's confident. I know he's LeBron James, so you're going to feel like he has an open you know, green light to shoot, but I think he should stop. One of the things I loved about yesterday's okay. game, though, Chris? Real, real quick before you move on, I mean, he's not a bad three-point shooter. He's just for some reason – bad in the fourth quarter during these during the series i mean he's like a 35 percent 32 percent 36 percent 34 percent uh three-point shooter in the last four years so it's that's, not like he's horrible is no, it no no he's not bad but he's okay. not good that's not his strength 
And again, it's not oh. so much that he's shooting a number like those. It's just that they're ill-advised at times. And sometimes it amazes me. And it's not just this year. But in the playoffs, they're leaving him wide open. He's got to take that shot. That's why you they're leaving to. him open. That's why they're leaving him open, because he's not as successful. And in a close game, 33 34% is not going to cut it. you got to let the shooters shoot. I mean, that's why Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has been horrible, too. He's a it's way better three-point shooter. May, no, in the playoffs, he has been bad. and maybe But shooters shoot. They've got the green light to shoot. But LeBron so James, you have to – if they leave – if they leave Clay Thompson open, he's going to take the shot. He's a shooter. LeBron James is not known as the shooter. That's not what you look at him first and foremost as, as a shooter. He's an all-around player, and he can hit some shots, obviously. He's not bad at it, like you said, but that's not what you label him as, so I don't think they should do that. What I really like, though, when he got knocked mm. to the ground, it might have been flopping, which they claim they don't do after a bump from Jokic. He landed on the ground courtside seat. Somebody spilled their drink, more like, more actually, more specifically ice on him, and he's laying oh, on the ground. Yeah. The fan gives him the towel as he's laying on the ground, and LeBron James looks at him and goes, thank you. I thought it was kind of cool of a Denver fan to give him that towel to wipe himself off. Cool video. Cool shot from yesterday. All right. That was great. We've got another update from the PGA Championship. Let's listen in right now. It's 8.51, going to be mostly cloudy and humid today. Got a few passing showers. The winds are light out of the southwest, but uh, hopefully we all stay dry. Should be actually, depending on where you look, maybe clearing up a little later on. It's kind of cloudy. Oh, we've got a little sprinkly dinklies here on the <laughs> west side uh, right now. But um, thank you to uh, uh, Craig Angelis for joining us today on our on-demand section at ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, in a little while, it's, I don't think it's there yet. In a little while, you'll be able to hear that interview. We got a text at 808-296-1420. Animals, oh, we were talking about Hawaii ties. And, you know, he played baseball at BYU, so he knows Boy Eldridge, and he knows um, 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 Mark uh, my, my friend Mark Beavers. I can tell you he's a good friend. He's a pitcher at... Uh, he was a scary linebacker back in the day, I tell you that. If Hawaii had a Jack Lambert, he would be Mark Beavers. Anyway, uh, you know, he played so, and he knows Boy Eldridge, so I wonder if he knows Pal, because Pal played baseball at BYU. Pal knows everybody, so I would imagine he does. Now, here's one. It says, Animals, another Hawaii tie. He probably knows Coach Chow from the BYU days. Oh. You notice how he didn't mention that? <laughs> <laughs> it says, Kurt Cavavella could teach him pigeon. Oh, also, Dave Matlin is supposed to be on Spotlight Hawaii today. That's the star advertiser little streaming thing they have. I still don't know how to watch that. I'll, I'll try and figure that out. Oh, it's on Facebook, Tanner says. Thank you, Tanner. But, uh, okay, so Spotlight Hawaii, David Matlin today. I know you'll love this next fun fact, so I'm glad I can share it with you. I, I saw it on Twitter. I believe Timmy Chang uh, put it out there, but today... 100 days till kickoff for UH and Vanderbilt. You wow. love those countdowns, I know. Mm-hmm. Why don't I? Why would I not love the countdown? I just remember last year as I was going at 64 days, 60 days, you, like, you, were, you were very upset with me about that. For some, you weren't upset, I'm joking. <laughs> but but I, the 100 days one is usually where we start that. And I forgot until I saw I didn't realize it until I saw it on Twitter. We won't do it every day for now, but it just showed that it's not that far away, th- a little over three months. 
you know, I like the deal. Whoever does it, I forget who does it, but they'll have a, a jersey number, and they'll have like a, a, a photo of one of the football players in action playing. So tomorrow, whoever was like number ninety nine, they'll have a shot of that guy, and then right. the next day, they'll have like I don't know if uh, uh, Ma'atalu Vasa was ninety eight for Hawaii. I know he was for the Broncos, but a ninety eight. They'll show some guy who was wore ninety eight. Russell all Baxter the way does down that. to Jason Elam. Oh no, Jason Elam was number seven actually. Seven, okay. Russell Baxter it, does that. Now, for now the you know NFL. why he he wasn't number seven in the NFL. You can't wear that as a kicker or John no. Elway. John Elway's number. So that's yeah. why he was number one when he went there. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. But I know Russell Baxter does that with the NFL as far as uh, how many days till the Hall of Fame game. Speaking of football, somebody te- chemo texts in. He says, is Cam Stone still on the team? The reason I think he texted that and a few others I saw, uh, Cam Stone, as they say, wiped Hawaii off of his Twitter handle page. Uh, he does not mention Hawaii there, where he did when he commit, signed here. I, believe, I know he was here. Uh, I do not know if he is not. I don't think they have an updated roster right now from string practice. Uh, they will when fall camp opens up. But a few people have mentioned that, that he did wipe it clean off of his Twitter page. Wait, is that the, did he ever play here? Or he's, he from was Wyoming. Gonna... he's from Wyoming. The transfer to defensive back was really good. Oh, okay. I wonder, I wonder if he got a uh, NIL or something from somewhere else. Yeah, not sure what the story is there, but a few people have seen that, and I checked it out, and there's nothing about Hawaii on there anymore. So, not sure exactly, but uh, we'll find out maybe soon. But that would be. Well, uh, so he was a good. He was a good recruit to get in here. A good transfer, at least. There's a Cam Stone that plays for Harvard. I saw that actually too, and I looked it up. It doesn't look like the Cam Stone that was going to come here. Yeah, Very different. I, yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> And we got baseball coming up this afternoon. World, in today's world, I can't say anything else. Uh, you you just said, have to said. Google it. You yeah, just have said. to Google it. Baseball today, 1130. Josh on the call. Josh Pacheco, CSUN is the opponent at CSUN. Artie Wilson with On Point coming up next. So uh, a lot of UH talk. And then we've got NBA playoffs later on CBS 1500 for Miami and Boston coverage starting at 2 p.m. All right. Hi, hi, Artie. Uh, take it away. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.